0: Serum Visions is a Magic the Gathering podcast about iterative brewing. Each episode, we work on a project, a deck, strategy, or archetype that we think has room for exploration and brew to the fringes of competitive deck building. In this episode, we welcome special guest Soren Wellman, aka First Turn Negator, to the pod to discuss brewing control decks and how he thinks about attacking the modern metagame. Soren has a pedigree of challenge top 32s, playing decks from Five Color Niv to Blue Moon. Have a sip of your Blink Moth Tonic, and open your third eye. This is Serum Visions. Welcome to episode 32 of the Serum Visions podcast, coming to you from the barrel of a goblin charbelcher on Mirrodin. I am one of your hosts, Brian Madden. Joining me is the man best known for his goblin wizardry, Zach Ryle. How are you, Zach?
1: Um, I'm alrighty. Uh I love uh, hanging out with the goblin pyromancers, always setting each other on fire. Uh, I believe I believe that, that, I think it's goblin pyromancer has a really sweet piece of art where there's like goblins with like their butts on fire, like running around in the background. <laughs> God I love <laughs> Onslaught.
0: I do really appreciate the uh, somewhat slapstick nature of, of the goblin tribe. It's the, uh, the yeah, They've done a need. good
1: job. Yeah, they've done a good job having like there be like variety. Um there's also the really weird thing of like if you go back and look at the original Mirrodin, the goblins look a certain way. And then if you look at every other visit to Mirrodin since then, they look completely different. They're like 90 percent mm-hmm. mouth and they kind of look like i don't know like what, what do they look like I don't, it, it's, it's like hard so they to describe like a chomp, but like they, chomp from, from Mario. yeah they look like a, they look like a chain chomp. it's it's really funny like they just in between the first mirrored and the second one they went you know these need to look a little bit more unique just but like without you know uh it's not too late to do that yeah no it's not too late to do that we'll just do it, it it'll be fine no one yeah. will
0: notice nobody will notice. Except we have, and now we're identifying it. So you'll never yes, be able yes, to unsee yes. it. You're welcome, dear listeners. You're welcome. That's right. Also joining us is the premier purveyor of fine free range goblins, Arun Singh. How are you, Arun?
2: <laughs> I'm doing super well as always. You know, they called me innovate they called me an innovator when I came up with you know when I became the fine, the premier purveyor of these fine free range goblins. But to be perfectly honest, I just kind of. You know, didn't have time to micromanage them, and I just kind of let them do what they want. And so far, it's relatively played out, and got a bunch of accolades. And we'll just hope it continues, because once again, you know, don't have the time or the money to manage these things. They're pretty, they're pretty wild.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's my child rearing strategy as well.
2: I mean, I'm I'm a big proponent of you know, like free range kids, like let them let them be independent, let them do things. <laughs> like, sure, there's some small risks, but like, you no, know, if you hover over your kids, just like they're gonna turn out pretty weird and dependent. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Also, 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 also joining us is a very special guest. We have often referred to him as Faithless Family Member, but now I guess we can just call him guest host, Soren Wellman, aka First Turn Negator. How are you, Soren? I'm doing well. Um, I'm very excited to be here. Thank you guys for
4: for having me. Um, uh, Things have been pretty good, except for I uh, have a pinched nerve in my neck um, that I've been recovering from. So I've been. Turning the sword of fire and ice from one side to the other,
3: over
1: and over. <laughs> the Lever. sword of icy hot, got it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: Sword of icy hot. Yeah. I thought
1: it was just a very fashionable, like modern scarf dealy.
4: No, no, there's there's nothing fashion about what's uh, what's wrapped around my neck at the moment. Ugh. Just a nice little heat pack.
0: Yeah.
1: No, no. It, it looks like a scarf from like Blade Runner or something like that. It's it's cool. It would be it would be you could play it off as an accessory if you wanted to. So uh, we we we've of course been lucky in the world of Control aficionados to uh, welcome Guillaume Wafotapa to the world of streaming, and he's occasionally uh, had a very fashionable scarf on. Being French, he can, he can get away with that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> Just comes with the territory. Control players wear scarves. I. That's that's the thing now.
1: Yep, soft-spoken and wear a scarf.
0: I also expect uh, Waffle Tapa to have one of those like fancy cigarette holder things, you know, that's like six inches long. <laughs> could be, but that could just be the the French thing coming out, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. Uh, so before we jump into our normal, uh, sort of series of updates, uh, let's, uh, let's learn a little bit more about Soren. Uh, why don't you give us a, a little bit about you? How long you've been playing, you know, tell us, tell us about your, your magic career here.
4: Yeah. Um, I've been playing, uh, it sounds kind of weird to say, but I've been playing since, uh, 2000 when I was in uh, wow. sixth grade, um, got started, uh, Mercadian masks. Was the newest set you could still buy uh, Urza Saga booster packs at, at your local store, um, and uh, got started playing in a after school club that did uh, did board games and card games, and and got to play and played until apocalypse. Um, so kind of the whole Weatherlight Saga came to an end, and um, kind of always I always kept my cards and, and kind of would play with the decks that I had, but I, I don't think I bought a pack for years. And I um, uh, had a friend who was getting engaged to a, a woman whose family all played Magic uh, many years later. Uh, they, he and he really wanted, he knew it, that I had played in middle school and he was like, uh, like You got to get me so I can get an in with the family. You got to teach me how to play. And so I, <laughs> I, got, out, I got out my old decks and uh, I got bit by the bug again. And um, it was kind of funny because the last set that I had purchased cards from and, and, and kind of was involved with the game was Apocalypse. And the set that had just come out was New Pyrexia. And I was like and it was a really cool tie in to I was like, Yeah, I know these Phyrexians. They must have been doing this the whole time, like cool mm-hmm. to see how much they evolved. Turns out, like I had just come in right for the right set. They hadn't done it in twelve years or something <laughs> and uh got got bit but I you know, I recognized Karn and I, I remember looking at that planeswalker card being like I know this character, I know this is a magic card, <laughs> I have no idea what any of these things do, restart the game, like, minus 12 or whatever it is, and just kind of, you know, blew my mind, had to get back in it, um, was a, uh, the, one of the first decks I built was a Phyrexian Negator deck, hence the MTGO name, First Turn Negator, where you'd play Dark Ritual, try to get, uh, Phyrexian oh, Negator yeah. on the battlefield, uh, in the game, and, four turns later, hope they didn't have a shock, <laughs> and, um, you know, then, then seeing new Phyrexia come out, seeing Phyrexian obliterator, and being like, wow, you know, magic, magic's come a long way, <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I started playing in tournaments maybe about a year later, um, and started playing Modern maybe two two years later or something, um, and, yeah, I've just been, just been bit by it ever since, so...
0: That's awesome. That is awesome. Uh, some things that I did want to highlight. Uh, you are the author of uh, a couple of articles on faithlessbrewing.com. Um, so if anybody is interested in reading some of your work, they can hop on over to faithlessbrewing.com and check those out. Um, and if people are interested in finding you on social media, do you have any social media that you want to plug? Um, you could find me on the uh Serum Visions Discord, uh or the Facebook Brewing
4: Discord or uh but I'm not I'm not really active on uh Twitter or uh anywhere else. Um but <laughs> uh, I really really do enjoy your guys' Discord. Um oh, thank you. And uh it's a great place to hang out, so
0: I will plug that. Awesome. Ooh, much Love
2: appreciated. It. Cool. It is a good good place to chill.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We've had uh, some great discussion going on lately. Uh, Bob 49, y- you, you pulled him in, Jiggy, I think, and uh, he's been... Man, he's talking about some wild stuff this morning. I'm talking about uh, Enduring Renewal and uh, Celestial Kirin and all kinds of nonsense that I am I am all here for.
2: Bring back the <laughs> days when combo decks were named after breakfast cereals. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> that's what I'm... I should have come up with a more clever name for breach. Should have called it a new breakfast cereal. You know, fruity pebbles, uh, tricks, is delusions donate. Um, no, no, you, you, you got to get,
1: you got to get uh, current. It has to be some kind of slick, sporty name or something to do with something that sounds really vegan, mm. like a blue red kashi, raisin nut brand. <laughs> yeah, vector. Oh,
2: hmm. Man. Yeah, I'll think about it. Or maybe I just have to come up with a new combo deck now.
0: <laughs> yep there you go i so i've been uh i've been i've been working in that space myself i bob got me h- hooked into the 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 belcher i've been learning belcher lines but now i'm like well maybe we can you know branch out maybe it doesn't have to be red green maybe we could play something in blue instead because uh i like that you know some nice <laughs> simic recross piles I, I i don't know i don't know
2: yeah, yeah. So we can yeah, name that I,
0: after a breakfast cereal.
2: All right, I'm down. You know, as long as it's a breakfast cereal, I'm totally down.
0: <laughs> all right, so I think uh, I think you have a little Omicron update for us here, uh, Doctor Combo. Ye-
2: yeah, before I get into things, I just want to give a brief Omicron update. You know, this is the new strain of COVID. Uh, two weeks ago, when we last recorded, it, it had kind of just been discovered the week prior. So, just want to give some more updates on that. Uh, Once again, I really want to emphasize this is not a South African strain of the virus. This is a strain that was discovered in South Africa because South Africa has very high quality testing facilities and they test and they sequence a lot more. So that's number one thing and really, you know, important to keep in mind. Uh, There's been two weeks. We still we have early data once again need to stress. This is early initial data, uh, smaller numbers. We'll know much more, you know, in two to four more weeks. Uh, I just need to mention there are many reports of breakthrough cases. So people, you get some people who are vaccinated. And, you know, even people who have gotten their third dose, the booster. Uh, in some cases, they've still been infected. Uh, the initial impression is that Omicron seems to be more transmissible but less severe in terms of symptoms than Delta. But once again, this is all very early stuff, and you shouldn't trust this one hundred percent. But just keep this in mind as we get more data. Uh, you know, the big thing is get your vaccine and your booster and take. You know be a little more careful take more precautions it seems pretty likely that many of us vaccinated people will actually kind of ca- will probably catch it and just have milder symptoms uh, but because it seems to be so transmissible once again you know you want to be vaccinated if you're vaccinated you might still get it but like you're going to be hit significantly less hard than if you were vaccinated so just be on alert and this omicron seems to be pretty serious unfortunately
0: Yeah, I uh, just got my booster on Monday and um It's uh it's good, it's good. I'm feeling good now. But uh Tuesday was whew,
2: Oh yeah. Felt like Boost I got
0: run over.
2: Floored me also, man. But worth it. Yeah. I'd get another totally.
0: booster if I could. Totally, totally. <laughs> no, I, I feel I'm a lot more confident going to play, you know, F and Ms and stuff now.
1: I I've officially booked my my plane ticket for Florida um for for Christmas to go visit my dad so definitely Woo! hoping that uh the the massive spread uh is is a little bit further away.
0: Yeah,
4: uh, yeah, Florida. I just got I got my booster and I did the did the mix and match so I I got Pfizer mm-hmm. the first time and and Moderna for the booster and definitely definitely different um Felt a lot different, but uh, glad glad I got it done.
2: Yeah, Uh, yeah, awesome. (laughs) Let's see, one of the mix and mix and match would be fun. I got both same doses, but I hear if you get mix and match, you get better five G coverage. So I'm a little jealous.
0: Yeah, no, I got the mix and match as well, and uh, yeah, I had Pfizer first. I was pretty much okay. I was just a little tired after the second one, but that booster man, I felt like I got knocked back to the Stone Age. I woke up in the morning, was like, yeah, I'm feeling mostly okay. I just have the nasty headache and then i actually stood up and was like oh god no i must get back in bed now
2: wild but still worth it
0: yeah oh yeah see if only i could have had it before vegas i might have felt a little bit more comfortable going to vegas although i still got uh the little <laughs> uh, visitor that you may have heard behind me uh just a moment ago it's yep unvaccinated so. tiny human yeah well, right.
1: keep him keep him secret, keep
0: him safe, yeah, that's the plan mm-hmm. That's the plan. hopefully we get vaccine for under five here in the
1: next couple months,
2: yeah, for real, that'd be a huge boon,
0: yeah,
1: so you know magic online has a has a wonderful modern meta game that keeps changing and evolving, which I'm sure. Is is just as wonderfully welcoming to Jiggy's favorite deck of Grinding Breach as it ever has been before. Is that right, friend?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, at this point I kinda feel like I'm sailing in like the leaky the Jiggy Jiggy's leaky ship of bruise in the modern meta. <laughs> and just like, oh we have to plug this hole, like, oh you know, we're super weak to like Grix's the shadow now, like gotta plug that hole and okay, you know, like let's mess with some Unearth Mentor lists, like those are fun, you know? Unearth is a great card against all these Lurts value piles. Uh, and un- yeah, so- <laughs> you know what card is good against Monastery Mentor? Fury. Fury is like insane against Mentor. <laughs> I knew it. I I figured it would be, but then like I actually wanted to play the games, and I just get like crushed by it. You know, once again, it's a jiggies leaky ship of bruise, You know, we plugged the <laughs> plugged the Grix's Death Shadow hole, and now the new Fury hole pops in. Uh, right. So.
1: so- I mean, what I was attempting to allude to there is uh, Grixis' Death Shadow over the last couple weeks has been the absolute top dog of the format, uh, in part because of SoulStrong's incredible runs in multiple challenges. There was one weekend where he uh, went to the semifinals back-to-back, and then the next weekend, which was just a week ago, won... Literally both challenges first place, which is disgusting. Just, uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty remarkable achievement that has not happened often at all. Uh, I never remember; I've, I've never seen it happen in modern before. There are other people who are saying it's happened in vintage and legacy from time to time. So um, yeah, it's it, like Kai Budai,
2: Kai Bude level stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. It was like six, seven Pro Tour top eights in one year. Um, however. Uh, the the early reports from yesterday's showcase challenge, Uh, there is no Grixis Shadow in the entire top eight. Um, so uh, something has maybe shifted. Uh, maybe SoulStrong took the day off. Uh, I actually know that he was in the event because I was as well. Um, and he was up there in the 4-0 bracket with me when I got disconnected. Um, yeah, that's so, so
2: brutal. Oh, my God. That's not fair, man.
1: Yeah, I mean to be like it it is it was unfortunate we had power outs and brownouts all day long um i'm actually glad that i got disconnected when i did because the rest of the day it was just like consistently like i don't know five minutes out of the hour the power would go out so there was no way i was going to make it through that event anyhow um so might as well have it happen when it did rather than happen later on in the event you know you get to you know six oh and then all of a sudden you disconnect that would have been a lot more painful uh so gotta get you a generator backup and like yeah you know. yeah but but the uh, the infrastructure Brian the infrastructure no we got to get you just...
0: satellite internet generator yeah, backup yeah, the yeah, stream yeah. must never go
1: down that's true <laughs> um, so from that top eight we had uh, a good friend of um, the control community at least uh, new ish comer to Magic Ponsor who made second place on Blue Red Tide hey. with Four color blink in first. Um, and then black green yogmoth, which was shockingly not played by demonic tutors, was in third place. Jun Saga in fourth place. I, I love Jun Saga so much, and it's one of those decks that, like, I just can't. I feel like nobody thinks it's a good deck. I don't. I have never seen anyone actually talk about this being a good deck. Well, here's I, the. Here's,
2: I mean, the big thing is, like, actually, I saw Doomwake me, like, get crushed by it one time. I was like, oh, I want to try streaming this thing. So I pulled up a list, and, like, his mana in like three matches—it just never came together. It was all—he was all getting well. It just like the mana never worked, and that's how I feel. Like every time, like I watch other people play, it's just like, wow, this—you know—this mana's garbage. Like, holy shit, how does this deck do anything? But then somehow against me, they always curve out perfectly, and I don't get it.
3: <laughs>
4: Wait till they get a gen triumph, then they're really gonna.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, well, I even maybe,
1: but at, at the same time, like, ha- half the problem is when you have two lands only and one of them is a Saga, and the deck is also full of, like, a lot of one-mana spells and cheap cheap interaction in general that you, you often need to play out fairly early to keep up with the other decks in the format, so it's like, the the cost inconsistency of playing Urza's Saga in that deck seems to be, like, really untenable for a lot of people, but... Uh, then there are people who just make it work, and like, and they have been since it sort of was developed. So, uh, I'm always happy to see it. Um, hammer <laughs> Time had a bit of a resurgence, uh, coming in fifth and sixth place. The sixth place list was Green White Hammer Time with main deck Ancient Stirrings.
3: What uh, I've,
1: seen, I've seen the list via a tweet from local uh, player who was who was this player be real to, uh, this Omar Belden of. Uh, toronto ontario and he is a hell of a player um so that's kind of cool and then uh the red white prowess deck that uh i know a few different streamers and otherwise were working on a couple weeks back that kind of didn't seem to take off with with um chandra dressed to kill um and then someone brought back harden scales for a top eight just like vegas it just with
2: no luris companion
1: yeah uh appears, appears not to be although i i don't maybe not like we don't have a deck list at all right like we don't have their twitter oh, we gotcha. don't have a deck list like this is this this is bamzing's tweet last night where he just sent out sources everything from like uh word of mouth right like it's like who did someone play against them yes what were they on hardened scales okay and he just lost mm, that the list gotcha <laughs> makes sense um, yeah so I was really... but, but but all the other companions are labeled so it's possible it's possible they were not playing Luris.
0: I was really hopeful that we would see some of the new modular creatures pop up in some of these hardened scales lists, some of the like red, white,
1: you know, there's, I've Mm -hmm. seen an arc bound Mouser. um, That's the single white mana for a one, one lifelink modular one. I've seen that. I I have.
0: Yeah. Well, I've heard from, um, so he goes by Taiga style uh, all over the place. He's in a bunch of different discords, um, dive down discord. Uh, I've seen him, you know all over. But I know he's a big hardened scales player and, you know, people ask, Oh, why do you run like arcbound worker? And he's like, that is the most cost efficient way to get counters. Basically. Like if I could run mm-hmm. eight workers, I would absolutely run eight workers. And so it's not terribly surprising that they would run the mouser as well. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I was hopeful that we would see some of the, uh, the red white, like, m- you know, dual colored ones show up. Cause there's some interesting creatures. They're just kind of pricey.
1: Yeah, Yeah. well, and they don't work well with a curve with uh, Urza's Saga. Mm Because, like, at least on two, you can always play the Arcbound Ravager, no matter which lands you have. Um, Uh,
2: So, Soren, what are your thoughts on this big shift from, you know, this one week to the other where GDS was the talk at the town, and, you know, even, like, Nassif was streaming the showcase on GDS and a whole bunch of, it was probably a very popular played deck. What are your thoughts on, you know, how the meta shift did, and why why do you think that GDS might be kind of on a downswing, at least for this week?
4: You know, I'm, I'm not really sure why it's on a downswing, but I, I think I've kind of figured out why it's been on, on an upswing. Um, the deck, I think, is just taking advantage of the metagame, and I think it's it's just such a fair deck that um, when the metagame is right, it's the perfect deck, and when, when the metagame is, is wrong, um, it's not unplayable. I, I think uh, I've played it a little bit, and I, I think it's a really fun deck to play, but it's it's just... It's just so fair that it's it's really hard to do well, get that five zero or get that you know top sixteen finish and challenge. Um, but hmm. uh, you know, I, I think a big part of its success was kind of due to the rise of um, the four color decks, you know, the money piles uh, as as it's called, um, either both the control decks and kind of the more um, I don't know if you want to call mid rangey uh, versions. Uh, the Sky Noodle Piles. Um, but um, I think in order to beat that, uh, a lot of hard combo decks like Belcher coming up. Um, we saw uh, Bob uh, 49 take down uh, the PTQ with, with Belcher mm-hmm. um, just because they've been able to attack these uh, Solitude decks. And uh, so those matchups are really easy for Grictus Death Shadow. Um, uh, well, I, maybe not really easy, but they're definitely favored. Um and then the other thing is I think one of the bad matchups for Crixus Death Shadow and it, maybe for an expert player like Soul Strong, uh, it's not such a bad matchup, but it's
0: <laughs> that when I played
4: it I've uh, definitely been a little bit scared is, is the blue red murktide decks. Um, you just have to get your life total so low and that's um to play your death shadow and against a deck that can really turn the corner
3: mm. and turn the
4: corner hard like blue red murktide. Mm-hmm. Um Uh, that's, that's a little bit scary to see, but I think with so many solitudes in the meta, um, uh, Blue Red Merktide, it's, it's still in the challenges, it's still doing well, but it's not, you know, for a while we were seeing it every, every three rounds I felt like I was playing, playing Mm -hmm. Blue Red Merktide, and I think that's, that's a break that's been favorable for, for GDS, um. And then I think I think the last thing is that I think people have finally figured out how to play against solitude um,
2: with
3: mm.
4: the with the playing shadows and, and and knowing how to play against that. Um, uh, maybe that's just you know something that took a minute to figure out. Um, but if you look at like aspiring spikes versus Just shadowless, you know they look different than the ones that Soul Strong has been playing. In. Um, oh, do you know, do you know
2: less, the dif- Do you know the differences the there? It,
4: yeah they're less croxa based um i think um the aspiring spike list was was very much trying to play off that synergy of um croxa and uh dress down um
2: yep oh and I, th- mm-hmm.
4: I think the new ones and, and you know that's just a lot of work to put into something to get blown out by a solitude uh, <laughs> and and gain six life uh you know making a harder play shadow but um you know, I, I've spent a little bit of time on, on the Shadow Discords, um, and people are saying, you know, yeah, I think, like, people... It used to be, oh, no, Solitude, that's so scary, and now people are kind of saying, you know, I think I think these are good matchups now. Um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say that I have all the answers, because I, I haven't played the deck a ton, um, but, yeah, I took it through a couple of leagues as recently as maybe, like, two weeks ago, and... Um, um, it's been a lot, been, been a lot of fun, but yeah, I think the, the meta is kind of broken the right way, and, and I think
3: mm. it's
4: just a very cyclical deck. Like, as the combo, as the hard combo uh, decks die down, um, then you know we'll, we'll probably also see uh, Grixis Death Shadow die down, and um, kind of a little bit, a little bit. Of, it's it's just a it's a good ebb and flow deck for, and if you pick it up and play it at the right moment, you, you're mm. probably going to have a good time.
1: We've also seen some meta readjustments, like uh, Merktide has never ever played Dressdown before because there was no synergy for it, and now they're playing even main deck copies, which is a big deal for them being able to beat Solitude and, and some of the other problematic cards that they had.
2: I freaking um, hate Dressdown. God damn it. Yeah,
1: it's it's really, really brutal. Uh, and Blue-Eye Control has started uh, bringing back Chalice of the Void, which they were cutting more and more until there were, you know, sometimes it would be, like, just one in the sideboard where previously they'd had, like, two main deck and one or two in the sideboard, so it's like as, as, like, blue-white control never totally disappeared from the metagame I think possibly just because there's, like, some really hardcore fans or it never actually got bad enough that they felt like they had a a really bad win rate overall. They just kept making adjustments in different directions trying to fix different matchups as, as everyone else was doing the same thing, uh, you know, you were mentioning Murktide. There was a while where Murktide was like the tier one deck that really didn't deserve to be a tier one deck because the, nobody was winning with it. And then um, Doom Switch came back and uh, with a little group of Murktide players did that switch over <laughs> from to Consider and all of a sudden it was on fire again. And It was like, well, I don't know if it was just people putting more care and, and, and effort into the deck or more, you know, established seasoned players going back to the deck but whatever it was all of a sudden it 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 really came back um the little murph tide that's good yeah yeah it was it was I, Um, I, but yeah
0: uh, i i feel like this is this is just um a reinforcement of my belief that oftentimes we perceive decks to be worse than they are because they're not being represented right like right and you get one person who has a strong showing, suddenly a bunch of people pick it up, <laughs> and then just because there's more people playing it, it does better, you know, more people playing mm-hmm. it, more chances at, at having a, a strong finish. And so some of these things are just, like, weirdly self-reinforcing, even if there was nothing that actually made the deck better or worse on a on a given weekend. And then obviously there are actual forces that impact this thing, you know, these things like, like Soren was saying, where, you know, hard control starts to rise up, and so gds starts to rise up to combat that and then you know humans comes along or whatever to prey on gds <laughs> and everything's right in the world um
2: round and around in circles we go
0: it would be really cool if there was a way to quantify sort of the the human impact versus the actual sort of metagame forces you know chewing only on
2: wizards another. wizards can do that but nobody else can
0: well, and yeah. Bamzig is uh, you know, probably the closest we have. If we if we had some way of collecting more data, I'm sure Bamzig would be on top of the analysis. Yeah, and it, an
4: interesting thing about the interesting thing about MercPad is that the it the deck, I mean, it doesn't draw a ton of cards necessarily, but it sees so many cards uh, you know, with between your expressive iterations and your serum visions and your uh, your Darcy's, I mean, the, so the I think the small tweaks that you make, um, they have a chance to have a big impact. You know, if it, if it's a week to have mm-hmm. three engineered explosives in your main deck, um, and, and and you pick the right week for that, you're gonna see those, and it's gonna make a big difference. You know, could make a huge difference to your win rate in a certain event.
2: Definitely. So, Soren, one quick question: You play a whole bunch of Luris decks. Do you ever, you're grabbing Luris from your companion zone, and you just think, "Holy shit! I used to be able to just cast this Lurus?
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was that was a crazy time. Um, <laughs> uh, during that time, I think one I think one of my proudest decks uh, as as a brewer that I ever built was I built a. You know, because you were playing in the queues and you were just seeing Luris deck after Luris deck after Lurist deck, and I built a counterbalance deck that had lurus as my companion, and nice. uh, it was uh, it was colors I had Ice um uh Mystic Sanctuary was still legal or Mystic <laughs> Sanctuary, um, wow. so I could I could stack the deck, um, you know, put put what I wanted on top. Um, I was playing. Um, omen of the seas to get a little bit of uh, library manipulation that deck was a lot of fun i played um i remember i played doom wake on it and uh, he was uh, he was playing jund and uh played the match uh i think i won I either one i can't remember if i won two or three but but it took a pretty commanding uh beating uh in in both games and uh, i think in the end i was playing um Merit Lages slumber um, to get a yes. little bit of scry because yes. I could I could fetch for a snow land and scry um, if I had the counterbalance uh, or eventually I could just get enough snow <laughs> <laughs> permanence. Uh, it turns out you can actually recur that with Lurus. I did that once to get uh, they killed my first merit Lages token and got Lurus and play play another one. Um, but um, sick. that was a really can, good time. Can I you remember make this deck?
2: It sounds sick.
4: Uh, well, you it, we had a banning that was very sad in Mystic Sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's playable anymore. Uh, I think Wave was also maybe a big yeah. part of the, the success of that. Um, so, so two bannings really. but um, I remember I watched the stream back like after finished, I was like, I wonder if he was streaming that. I watched it back. Doomwake spent the first 10 minutes of the match talking about how bad my deck was. Oh my god, I can't believe this guy's not playing Uro. This is just such a this is such a stupid deck. I can't believe I'm playing against this. Like why would you ever play Sultai without playing Uro, Uros is just so strong. Spent this, the next ten minutes uh complaining that all my cards need to be banned because because the deck the deck was too good. So.
1: Beautiful. <laughs> well, to Success. be fair, a good chunk of that deck was banned. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so
4: I guess I guess he got the last laugh. Uh so um but yeah, Laris I think is I don't. I don't think there's a problem with Laris. I mean, uh, you can you can talk about the <laughs> companion mechanic in general, but um, you know, like when you play when you play GDS, like
3: uh,
4: GDS and and a lot of the other Laris decks, I think that they are sort of um, their reactions to the meta. Like, I don't think that they're doing anything too busted, um, and uh, I, you know, we've seen. Hammer decks move away from Luris um, to play. Uh, I think Crusher Bot's been a big proponent of this. They're um, they're bringing in uh, you know new cards, swords and and whatnot. Uh, but uh, and I think I think if if Luris was banned, I don't think any of these decks would go away. They would just they would just adapt. Um, I think uh, Grixis Death Shadow would just bring in Brazen Borrowers or Pinch Elementals or these Pyromancers, mm. you know, just as, as a different top end. Um, so while while it does feel, you know, a little bit crazy that you know you're you are kind of starting with an eighth card, I I, I don't think that these decks would go away. Like I think if you ever had a, a hard combo meta, Grixis Death Shadow would would be able to shine
2: just as well. Mm-hmm. So for sure.
1: but well, it would definitely like flatten out the power level of like decks that just definitionally can't have a companion with those who just kind of get to. Like, some some of them just, like, totally by accident, right? Um, which in, in some ways would be nice, but at the same time, I'm, I'm currently of the, pin- the opinion that, like, yeah, there's a bunch of cards in Modern that I find obnoxious or probably too powerful, but with the meta as stable as it is, I just don't think this should be making any changes, because it's just so hard to know what what would happen, right? Like, Maybe banning Luris would actually just create a cascading series of, of events where it would be problematic. Um, you probably also have to ban Urion because then the control piles and the, the, the mid-range value piles with Urion would be just too good in comparison to taking away that, that mid-game advantage that all those Lurrus decks had. Um you know, it, it, when, obviously, when you play a non-companion deck against some of these decks, it just it does feel really hopeless because you're like, oh, well, eventually they're just gonna buy their companion, and that's so much free value. I'm just not gonna be able to keep up uh, in a fair fight. Um, they should. But just, they, they should just create a single
0: companion, one more <laughs> that is like the sad companion. You may play this as your companion, vanilla, if if you meet no other companion requirements. So it's just a <laughs> yeah. freebie companion, and yeah, it's like a a three mana tutu or something. You know, just like here you go. Everybody gets to run one now.
4: Yeah, I, yeah. I, One of the things that I really do like about Whereis is it lets you. It gives you an excuse to play the, um, planeswalker with control decks. Um that yeah. look, they just look very much like a, like an old-school control deck from like 2005 or something, um, you know, kind of like the old you know, Dr. Keith kind of control deck um, <laughs> that, you know, there's, there's no Jason sculptors, there's no, you know, big creatures, it's just, I'm going to beat down with Creeping Tar Pit or, and Snapcaster Mage, and that's how I'm going to get there. Uh, I, think, I think those decks are, are really cool. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan
1: of those. So. I yeah. There was the um, the like Sultai deck that's just like Snapcaster, Ice Fang, and Luris. Mhm,
3: mhm.
0: Yeah, that's. Uh, I, so actually, I think this is a good segue into our next section. So I'm gonna say let's take a little break here, and when we return, we'll start talking Bruin Control in Modern. Stay with us. Alright, welcome back. Uh, so, we're going to talk brewing control in modern. Um, so, Soren, as we said at the, the very, very top, you have uh, a pedigree of top 32s in the modern challenges. Um, a lot of times, you are playing control decks. I've seen you play all sorts of wild stuff. Um, before we really dig in, can you define what control deck means to you? I know it sounds a little bit silly. I think we all have some idea, but uh, understanding how you're defining it may help us understand your approach to building these decks.
4: Yeah, um, I, I think you're you're definitely hit the nail on the head. I think we all have an idea of what it is in our head um, of you know what a control deck looks like, uh, but then you know there's a lot of murkiness when it comes to you know tap out control decks and. You know, how, how big does your mid-range deck get before it's a control deck, and, mm-hmm.
2: um,
4: but I, I think I would define it as, as a deck that, that's reactive, so um, I think there's, you know, there's, there's four kinds of reacting um, to what your opponent's game plan is. Uh, in Magic, I think there's, you know, you can either make them discard, uh, you can counter their spells. You can, uh, you know, destroy permanents on the battlefield, um, or, or you can interact via, you know, some kind of hate card. Um, you know, Chalice of the Void, Blood Moon, that type of thing. And and I think a control deck is just a deck that's trying to do one or more of those things without pressuring the opponent um, on the battlefield early in the game. Um, and I think that, that, for me, kind of encapsulates it. Um, and uh, I think... For me, uh, there are certain decks that people often refer to as kind of um, control decks that that I don't really think fit that definition. So, like like burn, I've heard burn referred to as a control deck, <laughs> um, and, and to me, it's just like they're committing to the board early um, and and pressuring through the board, you know, the battlefield early, um, and then trying to finish you off with those you know last few burn spells. And, and to me, I don't think that really Fits. Um, so there are some things that are maybe outside of that definition. Um, so a lot of people think of, well, you know, card draw. Your deck has to have a lot of card draw. You know, Trade one for one, um, draw some cards, and end up with, with more cards in hand than your opponent. Um, uh, you know, that's, that's something that, that maybe could or could not be in a control deck. Um, and then I think the other big thing is a lot of people say, you know, control, it has to be blue. If it's not blue, it's not control. Um,
3: <laughs> I, I don't, I don't
4: necessarily think that that's true. Um, but, um, you know, for I think that's, that's kind of the stereotype that we would assume that a control deck is blue, but, um, you know, I built, I built some black, white control decks. Um, you know, there's, uh, for a while there were some... You know, um, kind of fringe black-white like Planeswalker control decks that were pretty neat. Um, there's, there's maybe some other ways to go. Out. Like I think Scrat is pretty close to being a control deck. Um, uh, but yeah, I, that's kind of that's kind of where it fits. And I I think right now uh, I think it's it's very murky. Um, when I first started playing Modern, there were a lot of control decks that had a combo finish. Um, so, you mm-hmm. can think of Twin, you could think of uh, the other big one would be kind of the Rug Scapeshift decks uh, that played a lot of Cryptic Commands and um, you know, other rebands to, to try to solve the game to get to, to play a Scapeshift, um, but could also just win via the control route. Um, but I think now uh, we've kind of crossed, I think with the printing of like super hi- hyper efficient threats, like Ren and six and and ragavan and um those type of cards um I think we're kind of in this area where I- instead of you know being pure control decks or you know control decks with a combo finish we're getting kind of murky in between control and mid range um, mm-hmm. i I don't know if you guys feel that that same way at all,
2: yes yeah, so i'm gonna jump in real quick The Give give you task you with solving the age old question that lots of people have probably gone to war over, is five color nib a mid range or a control deck?
4: Uh, it's that's a tough one. Um, I think it's it's a mid rangey control deck. I I do think that uh, um, control. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the thing is that that kind of defines it for me. is like, are you playing to the board early and trying to win with that? And the the Cards that stick out for mm. me that that are doing that are Renin Six, um, and Teferi Time Um uh, Those uh, in Niv you would play those out, and sometimes you would just play those out, and you weren't really trying to win with it. You know, you're just trying to get a couple extra lands in your hand. But um, uh, on occasion, you know, that was enough to, to kill a couple creatures and, and really get going. Um, so it, it depends. I, I think it does fall into the, the category of control decks
3: Um, Mm -hmm.
4: but it's it's also a weird deck because it's also like a toolbox deck you have those bring the lights and you can get weird one of's that that really bail you out in certain situations so (laughs) Niv is is kind of a little bit of everything I think Yeah,
1: it's definitely not an aggressive deck and I think like when you compare control decks to aggressive decks which I think is like the, the reactive to the proactive like that that's like a clearer definition a lot of the time. And and I think uh mm-hmm. when someone asks you what is the win condition of this deck, and you don't have like a, a clear elevator pitch answer, that oftentimes is a really good uh tip that you're probably talking about a mid range deck or a control deck, because like it's it's like the five color nature of NIV and some of these new decks, like the four, the four color omnath, five color omnath deck, right. is just that a lot of the cards you're playing that are good controlled cards, like sometimes you just play them all in a row and the snowball that gets created just bulldozes your opponent. Like turn two, Ren and six, turn three to ferry, turn four Omnath. Like
2: <laughs> sometimes people
1: just die to that. And you're like, Oh, I mean, I had a, a, the ability to play a really long game, but I guess I could just kill you. Um, if all mm-hmm. of your plays lined up really badly, uh, against that. Um, my, my, my personal definitions for control deck, one of the most important things, I think, is, is the idea of inevitability. That the control deck should always be striving to be the bigger deck. Um, that if the game were to go on and on and on and on, that you are more comfortable that you're going to come out on top. And that leads you to being able to go to point two, which is, since you know you're going to win eventually, just spend most of your time dismantling the opponent's strategy. Whatever they're trying to do to win the game, you just prevent them from doing that. And eventually, you know you'll win. Uh, sometimes it's a combination of cards, sometimes it's a very spe- specific small number of cards. Um, but that's, that's the, the general idea. And even the idea, the, the very famous article, Who's the Beatdown? kind of comes down to this topic where the player who has better inevitability does not need to be the beatdown. They can just sit and wait and mis-evaluating which one of those players you are, who is more inevitable to win this game given an infinite uh, time span. That is a way that a lot of games get lost. When, Mike Flores, when players, classic.
2: Who is the beatdown? Yeah,
1: who's the beatdown? But that, that it's really true. And Jiggy, you're a master of doing that on Grinding Breach. You know from experience where you're you're forced to be proactive versus when you can just keep the game going because you know that the longer it goes the more likely you are to be able to go oh look i won
3: Mm -hmm.
2: i want to chime in briefly and just say i really like the heuristic storm that you mentioned of like do you play to the board early and try and put on pressure like you know as a kind of are you a control deck I, i hadn't thought of it that way before but it does it does make a lot of sense and i do yeah, I also want to chime in. I think Burn is a critical uh, critical mass combo deck. You're just trying to assemble <laughs> just like enough, you know, like essentially you just need eight, one to eight spells and your lands and you know to go through and like that's it. So, you know, you just need that critical mass of spells. But yeah, this is this is all just kind of funny stuff. But I do I do like talking about it. Just no tempo. No
0: tempo.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I would
4: agree with, I'd agree, uh, with your well, with your burn assessment.
1: I mean when i was coming up and i think soren you're from the same era although i don't know because uh, i started around 2003 there was no word for tempo at the time there was like a word for like tempo plays but tempo decks didn't exist like where i was we just called them aggro control yeah yeah they weren't yep. very common
2: um like, it, it just didn't
1: threshold. it just didn't happen very often yeah, Th- yeah. Threshold was a good example. Threshold was a was a was an aggro control deck, and it usually was some combination of like a counter burn was another example where it's mm-hmm. like you, uh-huh. you you pair like green and blue or red and blue uh, as as like the more aggressive cards with support of cards that help you disrupt your opponent, um, and. Even though decks like that, and the current example is Murktide. Murktide can pivot into a more controlling deck, and they will have some very controlling draws. But they are not a control deck. If you compare them to the real control decks, the real control decks will bury them if the game goes long enough.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Um, and then, as as Soren mentioned, there's also a combo control decks. So it's like instead of having our end game be just like the sort of thing that takes up the least possible space. Um, sometimes people will play a combo kill, because, especially in modern, it's just like, it, there's just too many powerful decks, and it's really important sometimes to be able to have a way to just say, you know what, the game's over next turn.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, uh, I mean, so many times you're going to be facing down Omnath, to Ferry and Six, and a Jace on the board from your opponent, and like, right. what's going to get you there, you know? Like, no, you will never outgrind that. You need an oh shit, I need to win button now.
1: Yeah, right, well, But but on the flip side, the person who's in that spot Sometimes when they play against Grinding Breach, they're like, I have all this stuff, and I still could just lose. Yeah, yeah, I love right.
2: it. I lo- nothing makes me feel better than winning when they have, like, four Planeswalkers on the board. It's just like, screw you, man. Well, and- <laughs> you
4: know, getting back to kind of the, the who's the beatdown, I think that's a big part of the reason I fell in love with playing Modern. Um, the first deck I ever built um, was, uh, I saw a Brian Kibler uh, top 8 a GP with a Naya mid range aggro, you know, wild nekodels <laughs> and uh, wholesome.
2: Like grandma's helmet yeah, cooking.
4: Very wholesome. And um and um Night of the Reliquaries, Loxodon Smiters, uh can't wow. countered, um the original Veil of Summer <laughs> uh on a on a stick. Um and and that deck was was really interesting and and um, it you know looked so fair but you know you could interact in, in some pretty interesting ways. It was playing a uh, four Quozali Pride Mage, uh, you know, because of all the pod and the twin. And that deck was um, was really good at getting people to play um, to misevaluate where the game was going to go,
3: mm. you know. Um,
4: and um, I remember I I was. Eventually, I built it online. Had a lot of fun with it in paper. It was the deck I played for years. You know, it was, mm-hmm. uh, uh, oh, that was kind of my main have, deck.
2: I would have never put you on like Naya midrange Midrange as <laughs> like your primary favorite. You know, that's <laughs> definitely pretty surprising. That's that's the fun part. You know, like yeah. Um, but yeah, it, yeah, it's kind of it, it was a fun deck,
4: and um, you know, eventually kind of got powered out of the format. But um, uh, you know, especially against like Twin. Um, you know, people would see wild nacat will be like, oh, this is aggro. I gotta, I gotta play control. And I remember I, I kept an Excel spreadsheet online, and like, you know, I played 80 matches against Twin over like three years, and I had like a, it was like an 87% win rate against it, um, no. just because I could just, I just crush Twin because they would always try to play this control game, and I was just like, no, I have the inevitability. You can't, you can't <laughs> kill a, a six-seven Tarmogoyf like. And i and I can disrupt your combo, you know uh, it was uh, nice. it was a really interesting deck um, and uh it, it came up with a lot of you know those kind of tricky board states where it's like, okay, who's really like being aggressive here who who has mm-hmm. inevitability? to ask some ask some really interesting questions but uh eventually um i, I don't think it survived old drowsy winter and and death shadow Oof. becoming a deck that was <laughs> that was uh <laughs> That was a
1: little too powerful for it. so. Well, Tarmogoyf's still playable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's less actually than... more playable than it was for a while. It's, it's less
0: than three mana. You can play with Luris. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, you can. But more importantly, it, 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 uh, people figure it out. That it's like, wait a minute. It's actually really good against the Unholy Heat decks. You'd mm-hmm. think it wouldn't be, but it actually is.
2: No, this so often, I'm just like, <laughs> as soon as you see the goyf become a 6-7, it's like,
0: god damn it.
1: Yep. Yeah it 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 crossed that threshold it's no longer heatable in in one go
0: well so just to touch back on a point you mentioned um, you know this inevitability and you have to be the bigger deck uh, or the bigger end game and this is something that I've heard you say uh, on multiple occasions now Zach, which is that uh, taking extra turns is the biggest you can go and so this is why we've seen yes. the success of some of these things like uh, the indomitable creativity deck, which feels very much like a control deck that you know inevitable with taking all the turns.
1: Well, it it is a control deck, um, with with a with a combo kill that that's hidden in there. Um, this is the four color creativity deck. Uh, Goldfish, by the way, is marking like all creativity decks as creativity decks. So like the red green one that looks like Titan Shift, that's listed as Indomitable Creativity. Mm. As is, I think there's at least one more fairly distinct very. Oh, it's the the four color one with uh, Primeval Titan. Those decks are a lot more linear. Um, yep. Not, not in the, not in the same way. But yeah, the, the going back to the classic Velomachus deck. I mean, that one was again, that was considerably less of a control deck than the version now that's playing Sarah's emissary and Emrakul. Um, and, and part of that is due to the increased number of planeswalkers and the decreased amount of space that the combo takes up. You know, you, you shift more of the the slots towards interaction and and um, than just like incidental powerful card advantage. Um, so yeah, so. But but that really brings us around to a question: Is why, why did that shift occur? And that shift occurred because it was a medical. Um, it was no longer appropriate to attempt to do the um, Velamakas combo, um, just like uh, Soren's uh, past favorite of uh, through the breach, through the breach, blue red, um, which is kind of more of a tempo deck than a control deck, uh, even though you could have some fairly controlling draws. But it brings us to this question of like, how do you approach building a control deck for a particular meta, which I think also ties into the bigger question of, I think through the history of modern, control has been one of the worst uh, umbrella ar- archetypes.
4: Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a hard question. Um... And I think I, I, I wouldn't really call myself, like a, like, a brewer in the terms of, like, I'm going to come up with, like, a, a brilliant, like, A plus B plus C plus D <laughs> combo with some draft chaff from, like, three years ago and, and finding the, you know, the, the newest food enabler. Um, I, I think I kind of more approach um, tournaments as, uh, you know, coming, preparing for a tournament as, like, I want to try out, like, a new idea. Um, and the, it may not be like a, a totally different deck, but um, you know, a, a twist or um, you know, adding a color, swapping a color to an existing deck, um, and just kind of you know, trying to trying to tweak it to attack a, a metagame, game. Um, I think that that's a little bit more aligned with my strengths um, as, as a player. Though. That is brewing. That is brewing for sure. Um, I, I guess so. Uh, you know, it just it, it it maybe doesn't feel as as, uh, as cool as you know when you there's, do find that uh, it, busted card that gets you, you know your metalwork colossus into play, into play. Or,
3: <laughs>
0: sure, uh, but you or know, there's not. there's like whole cloth brewing, and then there's the the refining and the polishing, and I think both are equally important. And this is something mm-hmm. um, I've heard echoed before. You know, people say, "Oh, I'm not a brewer. I just want to try this card or that card." And I say anybody who is t- taking things and making adjustments is is brewing. Um, and you know, I think it's—I don't want to understate—like the polish is just as important as the whole cloth new ideas because mm-hmm. the whole cloth new ideas tend to be bad until they are polished. And somebody like me, I can maybe find some of these weird combos or whatever. You know, like the A plus B plus C plus D to get my metalwork colossus out. And then I kind of stumble when it comes to polishing those decks up. Yep. And it, it takes a, a different sort of mind to get those over the line and make them viable and playable. So we work together. It's harmony. <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> and I, I I would say that, like, Soren, I, I know you from taking things like, okay, Blue Red is generally good in this metagame, or Blue Red Breach is generally good in this metagame. And then I'll see you, you know, top 32, top 16 with decks where you're like well i was having problems with x y and z um and i decided that i was going to use the color black to solve these all of a sudden there's like a grixis through the breach list or a teamer through the breach list and you'd always have that good thoughtful feedback for people who were like oh but what about playing this card in your deck and you're like nope tried it didn't work didn't solve the problem i was looking for so it's like you you were always you know putting in the work and effort and um analysis to actually say like I, I did this not just because I wanted to do it because I was looking for a problem but, like I was solving a problem and and I have found the solution that it solves the problem and you know your um, resume of tournament finishes and all the different decks you've done it on I mean it, it just speaks for itself at this point um, to it that's like I, I think one of the things that like what playing control in modern has been so difficult for so many years was that um, the, the answers were not very broad or efficient in many cases, and the number of very, very powerful proactive decks with completely different strategies from each other was uh, totally un- unapproachable. You couldn't build a deck that could beat Storm and Dredge and Burn and Five Color Humans and other control decks and, you know, uh, Affinity... Like the the proactive decks are so powerful, um, but now we have a lot more tools to fight them. I think.
4: Yeah, I agree. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I just I, I can't help it. Um, I'm an engineer by by trade, uh, and so <laughs> uh, have a sick addiction to trying to solve problems. And and I think yep. that um, you know I think that's what I if I play in tournament I don't do well. Um, I think the problems of the deck are something that kind of sticks with me, and and I, and I try to work through my mind how to how to, mm-hmm. how to attack those um how to solve those problems and one of the cool things about when you're doing that with a control deck you know versus a you know an aggressive deck is that you see so many cards so the small changes you make it, it's a little bit of double edged sword but sometimes those small changes you're going to see those cards more often um, and they can make a big impact in your favor uh but when, when you get them wrong, um a lot of times you get them very wrong and, and you find yourself O two uh, in the challenge <laughs> you <laughs> thirty tickets into. So um Um but yeah, I, I think that's I think that's one of the interesting things about, about building control decks and, and I've been playing uh, Blue Moon for like forever. Um that was that was kind of my the second modern deck I I ever built. Um and uh, that that's just a really interesting shell, um, and, and if you think about that sort of archetype of, of blue-red control um, from a more general standpoint, um, that deck has had so many different builds that have been successful. Whether it's the the twin builds, uh, the the sort of original blue moons that played a bunch of spreading seas, which uh, I'm very excited. That's one of my favorite cards, and I'm very excited that it's uh, <laughs> back in the rotation. Um, they're expensive. They're like
2: five dollars each now. It's wild. Wow!
4: Wow! I didn't know that. I'm Glad I got mine when they were, you know, ten cents a piece. <laughs> yeah, they're
1: common, but they're they're like only one printing. It's yep. kind of like expedition map before it got reprinted a bunch of times. And
2: yeah. it's also like busted.
4: Pretty good. <laughs> so but yeah, I mean, you, you have that you have that shell, and you can put whatever kind of, you know, a lot of times you're you're switching in and out the kind of finishing cards, you know, whether that's Breach, uh, Through the Breach, or, uh, you know, Twin, or just uh, a Jace, or a Crackling Drake, um, whatever that is, you know, that, that's pretty interchangeable, but um, it's interesting because that's kind of what can solve the different problems in the deck. But it's also, um, one of the things that I think keeps that fresh is that... Um, it changes the way the deck plays a lot, um, so it never feels like oh, I'm just I'm playing the same deck over and over and over. Um, the play patterns become pretty different whether you're on a through the breach oh. or whether you're on um, uh, Murktide Regent, uh, Blue Moon. Um, and That's I That's interesting. That, I think that that keeps it pretty fresh for me, and it makes and it makes, mm-hmm. makes decks kind of hard to put down.
2: Yeah, that's, I hadn't thought about that. So you're saying you can only switch, like, essentially you just kind of switch the win condition, right? Only a few cards, it totally changes the style of the deck, even if the surrounding is, like, the same cards?
4: I, I mean, I think the win condition is the most common thing to change. Um, but, uh, and, and and that maybe I think that's kind of where I start a lot of the time. Um, you know, when I first kind of figured out, like, hey, like, I think I think I could use, like, Murktide Regent as, like, a finisher uh, instead of... You know these these chases aren't really getting there against Hammer Time or you know it's just, it's low. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't interact fast enough, uh, you know or, or Burn, but it's like you know if I can play a turn three Murktide, it's a seven seven against Burn, like I'm probably winning that game,
3: mm-hmm. um, and
4: and so that you know that kind of cascades down into like okay I I'm gonna ditch my, um, ops for Thought Scours or whatever the case is, and and you can kind of build around that. And, but the, you know, a lot, it's, I'm not, I'm not going to cut lightning bolt, you know, most most likely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, you know, so some, there's some core cards that kind of go from build to build, but, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's, uh, kind of figuring out those tweaks um, of, of, um, you know, what do I want to do? How do I support that through the rest of the 60 cards or, you know, 80, 80 cards, maybe? uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of. I think that's that's kind of how it how it goes a lot of the time.
2: Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Have you tried? I guess you mostly mostly control decks, but if you tweak, have you tweaked other non-control decks? And do you find it kind of different, where you have to tweak more cards to change the play style, or just you get less? If you tweak cards in other types of decks, does it feel like it has less impact on the overall game plan or like the overall deck than it does in control decks?
3: Um.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I do like to play, you know, not control decks here and there. Um, I think it, it really depends on the deck. Um, you know, I, I did pick up uh, your masterpiece of the, the Breach. Uh, oh, yeah,
2: Breach. I saw that. You do well with <laughs> it, too, which is very, very exciting.
4: Yeah, yeah. And,
0: challenge, right?
4: Um, yeah, I think I, somewhere up there... Um, uh, had a lot had a lot of fun i've been playing it a lot in paper um i built it in paper and that's kind of what oh, nice. i've taken to to our weekly local tournaments i've uh, mm-hmm. been doing really well with it there um but uh i think most of that deck is just so fun to play um it's just it's just a blast
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. um
4: but, you know, that's, that's an interesting deck because the changes that you make to that, you have a tutor package in, in Earth's Saga. So, again, you know, not only does the deck, I think, see a lot of cards through Darcy filtering and, and expressive iterations, um, but you also get to tutor for cards. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a big it's a big choice to say, um, you know, do I put Hiding Needle, do I start it in the main deck, or do I start it in the sideboard, And, and that, or do I play it at all? You know, you get to see... Mm-hmm. You know, every time your your saga goes to chapter three, you're gonna you're gonna get the chance to see a card. Um, whether you know, if you compare it to a deck like Burn, and you're deciding on you know your 59th, 58th card, like you're you're not gonna see it that often. Um, so that that
3: decision,
2: mm.
4: there might not be huge ramifications. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's probably not gonna change the way the tournament goes for you. But um, uh, so you know, it it, it depends. Um, I don't. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to kind of get into playing combos a little bit more, but um, I, I think I have a hard time wrapping my brain around
3: mm-hmm. how to
4: tweak those decks. Uh-huh. Um, like I that picked up funny. Living End uh, the other day, um, uh, rented it, uh, took it through a challenge, did, did pretty well, went went yeah. uh, five and two. Um, but like Ooh, I'm man. just kind of like, nice. man, like I don't, I just, I don't
2: really know, you know, how to. <laughs>
0: It, it seems like a pretty rigid deck. Um, I don't know what's don't...
2: happening, but I'm winning. Yeah, i yeah. Say,
0: Picked up a deck and just casually takes it to like a another challenge top 32. Okay, I will. I will say that I
4: had Sodex sideboard guide. Um, I, oh nice. I, Smart. I uh, joined his uh, his patron um, Patreon. Um, so th- I without that there was no way I, <laughs> I was going to do that well. But uh, <laughs> yeah, just. Uh, I knew what to do every every sideboard um you know all, all my sideboard decisions were basically made for me and uh I, I, that I was... will say
0: you recommended that uh, I pick that up to learn some of the Belcher lines and, and check out the sideboard guide they did for that. Um, so this is Sodec and TSP Yendrick's uh, Patreon, and I, that might be some of the best $10 I've ever spent. That The, the mm-hmm. guides there are incredibly detailed and comprehensive, and the sideboard guides are updated, I think, monthly at least. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that, that was a great call uh, if anybody is learning to pick up or wants to learn to pick up some of these combo decks dredge uh, living end uh belcher um some of these control piles that Yendrik does well with uh that is mm-hmm. a great great resource so yeah thank
2: you for i want to kind of second this you know like there's a whole bunch of content creators like you know more with his four color cancer also does four color and they keep them uh, updated sideboard guides so the deck they specialize on their patreon and so if you're interested in learning, you know, one of these, like learning a new deck and you really want to go far, I do recommend checking Patreon and seeing if, you know, if there's a content creator that does. Because oftentimes, you know, people specialize in several decks, but maybe they'll have one or two that's like their primary deck. And the people who put in the, like, you know, Zach keeps a creativity, uh, keep, keeps a creativity, primary creativity living sideboard guide. And what you'll kind of notice is a trend is like all the people who are really good at playing the specific decks, they have, you know, these guides and, you know, you should definitely join their patreons and read them because they know what they're doing and like you know, they're good players and they, they care enough about it they're willing to like Mord's thing is like ten thousand words like holy shit like what the hell like i started reading that it's like okay you know like too much too much for me like you know it's if i have no interest in four color so like i'm not gonna do this but you know like they like there's passion there's a lot of a lot of thought and a lot of care goes behind them and and you know, if you want to learn the deck and kind of max out your game, I do highly recommend looking for these sideboard guides by content creators because they'll be super helpful to you.
0: Yeah. Uh, and a uh, very friendly community too from uh, the mm-hmm. small time I've been a part of it. Yeah. Uh, it, Mord might need to get his honorary doctorate in uh, uh, mid-range so he can be Dr. Mid-range <laughs> cause, uh, whew, that that is a dissertation.
2: For real.
1: All right, well, and I... um, for th- for for the hyper linear decks, I feel like the um, having a exquisitely worked out uh, sideboard plan is yep. the most important thing. Definitely. Whereas anything more mid ranging and controlling, it's like, well, people aren't going to have a lot of like hate for mm-hmm. you. It's like it, usually what they're going to be doing is trying to interact with you, which is a little bit more uh, difficult to nail down exactly what what they're going to have. Um, so as yep. usual, being a being good deck pilot of anything is, is about knowing what the other people are going to try to do uh, against you.
2: Uh, and um, this, I hate, I, I'm terrible at playing control. I, just gotta, I guess this is kind of a control episode. I got to come frank. I'm terrible at control. I do terrible. <laughs> I watch like other people play control. Like, you know, the, their opponent will cast a spell. It's like, oh shit, you know, I would counter that 100%, like no thought. And they just let it resolve. And it's like, all right, clearly, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing so bad at it
1: it's it's a lot about prioritizing your answers if mm-hmm. you have something that can answer multiple um important threats from your opponent and another card that can't you want to use the thing that's less flexible first um which is sometimes it's sometimes really wild to see someone like i have this instant speed removal spell and i have a wrath of god and your opponent plays a single creature and you're like yep we're using the wrath because the instant speed removal is more important for later like, mm. it's just, it's just, uh, um, just mm. as with combo trying to figure out when, when's the window where you have to go for it, mm-hmm. uh, having, learning how to parse out all your, all your removal and all your interaction is the, the the control version of that
2: yeah yeah i think i think if i put in the reps but you know i, I have no desire to put in the reps every time i try one of these non-combo <laughs> strategies it's just I like, got to a point i'll be facing four color and they'll have a Jace and an omnath and teferi and it's like you know like i actually don't have a shot like there's nothing that could save me but if i was playing breach then you know like i just have to draw the breach and hope they don't have the counter spell so i always i don't know maybe it's like laziness maybe just familiarity but i always every time i play a non-combo deck i'm just like man you know like kind of want that combo back
1: that's it's also just like an innate affinity of feeling of joy mm-hmm. you know if, oh. if, if 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 that kind of gameplay just doesn't appeal to you
2: yeah that's that's also the big thing I, pre- <laughs> I prefer to make my opponents answer questions rather than to answer them myself
1: exactly yeah um we've got some uh interesting questions you, you kind of uh noodled around this one a little bit before but uh are there any cards that you're trying to crack right now for for control um that you really like you're like ah i wish i could make this work
4: um i think i think it's still blue moon um i think i think blue moon is the deck that i've I, you know i pick up i put it down I pick up put it down pick up put it down um so and i think i've kind of i think murktide has been what i have been playing but it's been in uh Pretty bad spot, I think. Recently, um, mm-hmm. you just get you just get so blown out by solitudes uh, out of like the Oof. four color <laughs> decks and whatnot. So, but um, yeah, I was pretty encouraged to see there was a player um, uh, who goes online by Murray Fish, and they actually they five owed with um, some jaces and some rowl, um, uh, not rowl there, growl is it? Vitrroy in their deck uh, and so good. subtlety uh made wow. uh very Damon's interesting looking card. um and uh yeah I, I haven't tried it out yet but I'd, I'd like to try out a version of that um i'm always looking to play uh Coligan's command and snapcaster mage together uh oh,
2: you're one of it, those people
0: so much uh, yeah. value <laughs> yeah yeah
4: um i'm i'm and, and i think um you know, I, I don't really know uh, if there's any like cards that are coming out, but I'm, I'm uh, or cards that I'm trying to crack. But but for me, I think the the biggest excitement is is that Allied Triomes are coming to Modern.
3: Yeah, uh, hopefully with
4: new Capenna. Um, I think that's going to be. I'm really looking forward to to building more Grixis. A lot of the Grixis mana bases for control decks are just awful. Um, oh god! Like if you look at the yeah. deck that TSB's Yendrik's been playing. Uh, that mana base just—it's just so ugly. <laughs> I mean, it—you it, know—it works, uh, but like you do lose games because of it, and it, it's pretty tilting that that you don't get a triome. home. Um, I'm, I'm, but I'm really looking forward to that. I think that's going to really open up a ton of um, options for control control decks, um, and uh, I'm really looking forward to building Grixis with blood Moons. Uh Maybe you know you can swap. Certain, maybe you start the Blood Moon's main, or you start them in the sideboard and, and swapping them in Colgan's Command. It uh, sounds really fun to me. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's that's really going to change things. I think it's really going to um, give Esper uh, put Esper back on the map.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm.
4: uh, uh, Kaya's Guile I think is really uh, does a lot in the meta right now, um, mm. and uh, you know, just it just annihilates a lot of. A lot of graveyard strategies, but the mana base for those, you know, for the old Esper decks before MH2 came out, those mana bases were just they were just <laughs> terrible. Uh, they were playing, you know, uh, like like I think they were playing like four filter lands, but they were also playing a lot of the the check lands, the Glacial uh, Fortresses, and the um, I can't remember the name of the blue one, um, the blue black one. Uh, but yeah, just terrible mana bases and, and i think the triomes have just shown that they are so powerful and and i'm I, just really looking forward to the kind of the complete bet shock triome mana base Heck yeah. uh, oh and, no and what that's going to do to do for control so oh, no. really really looking forward to that
2: my one fear is this is you know like a monkey's paw, right? Like okay, like we want the allied triumphs, you get the allied triumphs, and now you have ten shocks, ten fetches, ten triumphs. Like who the hell knows what's gonna happen? Like there's gonna yeah. be <laughs> there's gonna be some messed up color bleeding, that's for sure. I think like you mentioned, might be you know as soon as Nuka Panda comes out, might be a great time to play main deck Blood Moon.
3: mm Mhm, mm-hmm, mhm. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. one. Mm-hmm.
2: More question on this, if you if Grixis were to get a Grixis Triome, do you think, if we've seen some Jeskai decks, you know, just like splash, uh, still play Blood Moon main because they have the trick of their mana base, do you think that with the allied Grixis Triome that you'd be able to come up with the Grixis shell that can still run the Blood Moon's main and have decent mana?
4: I think so. Um, I, I mean, I think you have to, I think you probably have to say like, okay, do I want, do I want black cards for a certain matchup or do I want Blood Moons? And, and switching those out, and I think the, you know, the Jeff guy decks, uh, they, they can kind of do that and say, okay, well, maybe I can't, I, I'm not going to be able to put Supreme Verdict and Blood Moon in for this matchup, um, but, you know, trying to figure out that, that balance. So it's definitely something mm-hmm. I'm going to try to do. Uh, we'll see uh, how good it is. Uh, but I, I do really, there hasn't really been a good shell that i've seen that has been able to play pitch elementals and coligan's command which i think is an underexplored strategy you know being able to get oh. back your furies uh, that you cast on turn two or three um mm-hmm. you get getting them back on turn five or six and uh being able to go again uh, whether it's fury or solitude subtlety even <laughs> um uh i think that's going to be a, a really interesting um line that that the mana hasn't really allowed uh, as of yet, so um, I was really looking at Zach's mm. uh, decks that he was building with Holebreacher, uh, um, <laughs> you know, the the teamer builds. Um, I think I think if with with more triumphs, I think you could do um, a four color version of that. Um, and and I think the the main draw there is to be able to play Against uh, Command um, and get back your Ice Fang Quadles. Uh, late in the game get back a fury Ooh. um snapcaster you know, mage yeah snapcaster mage uh i think i think that would be a, a really interesting deck <laughs> but the the mana just doesn't allow for it yeah and it gets back your your whole your horror if somehow it dies
1: um well it's not even about it dying it's like you can include cards that let you just like pitch it when you don't need it um, mm-hmm. I found that to be really useful in the Urza mm. builds with, with blood tokens, where you're like, well, I don't need this now, but it'll just sit in my graveyard and tuck it up later. Um, having access to Culligan's command is always great for things like that. I,
0: I'm going to go a little bit off script here, uh, and a, a little bit uh, adjacent, but... Um, I'm really excited for the Esper Triome because I really like Dacon. I've played Dacon in some Urza (laughs) builds, but you're right, the mana is just atrocious, especially if you need to cast a Dacon on turn uh, turn three. And so it really forces you to make some maybe suboptimal plays up until that turn three if you know that that is what you're aiming for. so I'm excited about that. Is the Grixis Planeswalker at all even remotely playable, or is that thing just straight trash? Because I keep looking at it and going, this has uh, to be trash.
1: Gairdron Ga- Dehada or yeah. whatever it is. Like, is there, I, I think it's awful.
0: Okay, that's all right. Well,
4: I mean, it may but. be, but, but your other options are just so much better. Yep, yep,
3: yeah. yep, yep. You know, that's that's, that's, that's all
0: it, it. Comes down to, I think. Oh, and that yep. one's also a 4 mana walker, right? Whereas yeah. Dacon's 3 and actually has useful it's, abilities. Okay, so
1: it's it's 4 mana. It offers you no card selection or advantage. Period? Yes, period. It you can virtually blank opponents stuff, but not actually. Like if if once this thing dies, it, it hasn't done anything. So I mean, it just kind of violates every tenet of what it takes to be a modern playable Planeswalker, mm-hmm. which well, is weird for something that they put in a Modern Horizons set.
0: And, and, okay, so this was a bit of a leading question, because I knew that that was the answer we were going to arrive at. Right, I've right, read right, the right. card.
2: Wow, Brian. Can't believe you <laughs> set me up like that.
0: So my real question is, and this is why this is kind of unrelated, why did they print it? Like, at what point did somebody look at this card and go, yeah, this is reasonable to print. Lore. Is
1: that? Yeah, okay. it's it's lore. Okay, it's just lore. Yeah. They, they put Dakon in the set, and she's related to Dakon. Yeah, story. she
2: tricked Dakon into killing one of the first Elder Dragons, which was also put in modern set, isn't Pyrrha or something? The Mardu one? Mhm.
3: Mhm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's mostly for lore. Like it wasn't. I don't think it was meant for modern. Yeah, I think you know, kind of hammering back on it. It's a pretty interesting card, but the big thing is, if you're paying four mana for a Planeswalker, you know, you need to be better than Jace. Oh, yeah. And yeah. like, Jace
1: this... was unplayable for a while. That was, that was like the crazy thing. Like, it, it was, you know, nobody could play Jace. People were making fun of people for playing Jace. When I started playing Jace again in creativity because I saw someone else being successful with it, I was like, I don't know. They're doing it. Maybe it'll be good. And at the time, it was because nobody could prismatic ending for X4. Uh-huh. All the <laughs> control were just like not bothering. Um, <laughs> Well, and that was a weakness you could exploit.
0: That's going to be over with the printing of the Triums as well. We will never like everybody will always have the option of you know prismatic ending x x equals four. You get your five colors or even nuke even everything. Five, yeah, yeah.
1: But at the same time, there there is a cost to all these things. Like definitely. I mean, like yeah. It's like every time Jiggy puts uh, Triome into a combo deck that wants to sometimes <laughs> top deck a land and win the game, I'm like, no, get it out of there. I, d- I don't care. I don't need that level of color stability, and I'm never going to cycle it. Like, if if I am, I'll take the hit, you know, because I would rather have that um, disadvantage than have the moment being like, okay, I need to top deck an untapped land, and the only tap land in my deck is what I draw.
2: Mm-hmm. Respect. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's, it's different when you're playing 80 cards. 80 cards, it's going to happen, co- like, a correspondingly l- lower number of times. Maybe you can get away with it. But the 60-card decks like Breach, I'm just like, no way. I'm not playing a Teamer Triome, even if I'm playing a Teamer version of Breach. So,
0: speaking of Modern Horizons 2 cards, um, there's kind of a, a, you know, I think Control had been pretty soft pre-Modern Horizons 2. We saw a number of cards come out that have ended up in the control decks. Do you think it's just the the addition of all of these cards in the aggregate, or do you think that it's a specific card or specific cards that have led to sort of this control resurgence? Um, And sort of as a a follow-up to that, uh, you know, obviously Counterspell is a big one. And uh, happy, sad, ambivalent about that? I think I think counterspell was a slight upgrade. I think it's
4: um I don't think it's revolutionized a ton of the the, um, the way that control decks play. Um you know, it, it's obviously it's it's replaced mana um or logic not. Um, but uh I, I, and I I do miss kind of playing uh with it like with against it um you know, in the control mirror sometimes you would try to Try to get them to put their mana leak in a bad spot, um, make their mana leaks bad. There, there was some interesting gameplay with that, but um, it, it's given control decks a little bit more end game power, which um, is, you know, it is what it is. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's been like a revolutionary card, um, unlike something like uh, Prismatic Ending. I think that's been a huge get for. Uh, blue white control decks, which is not what mm-hmm. I usually play. Um. Uh, but that's that's been a really big card, just being able to answer anything. You know, Vile on turn one. Like, you, if you don't have the fourth negation, uh, you were kind of screwed if that came down uh, against a tribal deck. But now you have a mm-hmm. one mana answer to that, and that's that's been really big. Um.
2: So f- Follow up question, real quick, Soren. What draws you to blue red control over blue white?
4: Um, I think I really like decks, um, I like my control decks to be able to turn the corner and, and get aggressive, kind of like what you were Mm. talking about with the combo decks of, like, you like to be able to sort of say, okay, I want to, I want to combo now. Like, I like the decks that are able to say, okay, I I can, I can pressure my opponent earlier now. Mm. Um, I'm not gonna do it on turn... 25 with a, a Teferi that has drawn me, you know, 30 <laughs> time cards to tuck and, the, and whatnot. Time to tuck um, the
2: Tef, am I right? Yeah,
4: yeah. Uh, I, I I just I I like being able to have that option and, and kind of be able to ask that question of okay, am I the beatdown now? Um, I think mm-hmm. that gameplay is is really interesting. Um, I also I like my free wins with Blood Moon mm. <laughs> every now and again, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, yeah, I think. I think being able to, to turn the corner um, uh, when I went to when I want to and, and uh, try to evaluate those kind of tricky questions about when do I attack, when do I defend, when do I hold back. Um, I'm just I just really like that gameplay, even though um, it's maybe not as popular as, as kind of the, the blue white um, uh, pretty standardized shells that are, are going around right now.
3: So Mm -hmm. So
0: this makes me ask, and and this is a genuine question: Why don't we see stuff like blue-white control with Merktide, right? Like you had talked about, oh, maybe Merktide's a good threat for my blue moon control deck. So why aren't we seeing that sort of stuff with the blue-white decks?
4: I think burn is being able to play burn in your deck uh, really helps. That Uh, you know, the for years and years and years, the the best combo in modern wasn't you know splinter twin exarch it was snapcaster bolt uh and and being able to just take that maybe you get a you get a win a turn earlier because you were able to to bolt your opponent um you know you had the opponents at 11 you have an 8 8 murk but you have the bolt in hand so that's that's one less top deck they get to rip the living end or the wrath of god whatever that is that they're i guess you wouldn't want to draw living End. you'd want to draw cascader but um uh, it's just, you're able to pressure a little bit more that way, um, and, and get some wins by doing that. So, uh, and why not Guy? Um, I, I don't really know, but I, I, think one of the things that I've always described, uh, Blue Moon as like, it's a lean control deck. Um, so the more colors you add sort of the clunkier it gets, um, um, trying to think of the the best way to put that, but um, I think that's why the generally the the two color builds have been the most successful. They might not be the most fun to build, um, but they're they're just, they're very lean. They're uh, they know what they're trying to do, um, and the the white cards just they pull you in a different direction a little bit. Um, into to they have better cards for stabilizing. You know, Supreme Verdict mm-hmm. is is so good because. Uh, your blue-red Tide opponent can't answer it. Um, they, you just get a, you get an empty board afterwards, and you get to start playing for there. So it's just it's just a pull. The strength of the white cards pulls you into a different direction. And that's not to say that maybe you could build a, a blue moon that had. Um, I have seen a couple of decks that play you know anti-burn sideboard cards in white, um, or they might have a Teferi Time Raveler in their sideboard or or two for the mirror or cascade matchups whatever but um it's just that's just not the strength so much of the white cards um there used to be some builds with uh if you go way back with like geist of saint draft um but uh i don't think that meets (laughs) the the power level of of current modern anymore the chip has sailed
2: Give me back the days of Armadillo, Cloak on my Geist of St. Draft. You know that was some good old fashioned <laughs> magic.
4: Didn't they call that? Uh, they called that deck uh, blouses, I think.
2: Did they? The I would. Deck? I could see it. I just, I just remember that was just like hilarious. And Locks on Warhammer used to be a relevant card. It's just like, what the mm-hmm. hell happened? Oh my happens? God!
1: Are you serious? Oh yeah. See, I, I was away from the game when Modern was actually introduced, and I, I missed a good chunk of the uh, early days of it. So it was
2: amazing. It was so I, it was I believe it. So good, <laughs> just I, Rocks we know War Monk. Enemy, enemy fetches only. That's what you get. Sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've I've heard tales of the the ridiculous mana bases.
2: <laughs> Why isn't your junk <laughs> yeah. deck running Bloodstained Mire? I don't get it.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I mean, and I think I think that that sort of contributes to the overall ideas of like when you're when you're building any kind of deck, you want to kind of uh, stick to your your core strategy really really well. And and Murktide and blue white just, just just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't contribute to anything else your deck's trying to do. Solitudes literally give your opponent more life. Like you're just looking to get to a point where you're you're totally inevitable. And and part of that is just generating card advantage, which the blue white deck is actually not that great at doing if, if you um, if you play a really let's say threat dense deck it's not easy for them to spend Archmage's Charms uh, to get a two for one they have to use them as counterspells and so only their Planeswalkers uh, and uh, Memory Deluges actually start putting them up on cards which takes a lot of time and energy um, they really have to get to a very stable place whereas the, I think the appeal of Blue Red is that ability to turn the corner you know, blue, mm-hmm. blue-white turns a quarter very slowly, unless you're getting, like, an eight-for-one supreme verdict. Like, <laughs> generally speaking, they're just, like, very slowly stabilizing until um, all of a sudden you realize that they're just going to bury you in cardboard. Drives um, me crazy.
2: Whereas, Makes me think I yeah, have a chance whereas, for a moment.
1: Right. Whereas blue, blue-red blue actually is the smaller deck uh, a lot of the time, but, it, but because you know that, you can um, be more... Um, you can pivot into an aggressive role very quickly which as you mentioned snap bolt snap is the classic example of you know people are fetching and shocking and they're oh I'm against a control deck it doesn't really matter and then all of a sudden there's a few more lightning bolts than you were expecting and, and you're very close to dead and uh, Brazen Borrower is a great tempo tool but it's also just the 3-1 flyer
2: and, and an 8-8 eight, eight, you know slam down an 8-8 eight, eight, Murktide for 2 mana hold up counterspell you know like that's boom game's going to be over very shortly and this opponent can do something very quickly
1: yeah, so, I I I I'm such a like uh, old fashioned fogey purist that I, I, like, know you I don't want to see any Murktides, DRCs, or Ragavans in my Blue Moon decks. But I understand that they're like very very good choices, get especially th- Murktide. Right? Get
2: with the times, old oh, man. The world is evolving. I don't want to.
1: There are plenty of successful Blue Moon decks that are not playing that card, and there are some that are. And it just depends on what the metagame's ready for. Um, we saw we we always see Timu playing wild wacky versions of blue moon uh and when uh the pencil jacob comiskey was around he i think he played basically anything that that you could play in that deck and 5 out would with basically everything he was like i'll play four Merktides, for drc no monkey yep 5-0 with that four solitudes yep 5-0 with that uh drc only and snapcaster mage no Merktide. yep 5-0 with that like <laughs>
3: if,
1: if if you know what you're trying to solve you can do it with any of these things um, I, I did pull out a bunch of lists here just so we can sort of, you know, learn from success, looking at the, the blue-white shell, the five-color, quote-unquote, Omnath shell, which usually is four-color, but there was Charlie the Banana King who <laughs> played some main deck Kaia's Guiles at one point.
2: Yep, Charlie, um, I played in a prelim with Bree trying to get enough uh, QPs to join the showcase. I faced Charlie the Banana King round two, and he just crushed me with Grixis Death Shadow. I told him I'm sad that I'm like, I'm sad to see you sell out, man. Like, you have such sick brews,
3: <laughs> and, like,
2: now you're, you know, playing the best deck and crushing. He's like, I'm sorry. He's like, I really need the QPs so I can play a brew in the showcase. <laughs> it's like, respect. Well, that's
1: that's kind of for the greater good then, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. No, I, I, I just, it was sad, you know. I, was, I won the first round, and then I got crushed by uh, Grixis.
1: Sometimes you yeah. just
0: got to play the, the, you know, the thing that's going to win so you can bank up some of those ticks so you can incinerate them later. My plan for this coming week, I'm just going to run some Belcher, try and get those turn two freebies.
2: <laughs> Hell yeah, I love it. Yeah, I think you'll be really... Sur- I mean, just rec- rec- stack your whole deck, like, holy shit. Like, god damn
0: very into recross right now uh my brewing brain is going wild but i need to focus on the prize i need to focus on the belcher and learn those lines first
2: Uh, i mean i've thought about the you know just like recross and all these mdfc's just like clearly there's some you know you can do a lot of stuff there but I think that Belcher is just so obvious that, yes. you know, through yeah. the creativity, the other shells are hampered because Belcher is easily the best other thing you can do with these things. Yeah. But, you know, in the world, maybe Belcher gets banned and something else comes up. I do think, like, MDFCs plus three cross can definitely be, you know, a new thing moving forward. Maybe just a basic shell.
0: I mean, understanding well, and, I- and learning the Pyromancer's ascension loops, like, that—that that is... There are definitely some cool things you can do with that, and so it makes me wonder if, you know, branching into a third color or somehow cutting red, which seems just crazy because red has some of the best MDFCs, right? Valakid Awakening, Spikefield Hazard, um, Shatter Skull Smashing, like, these are among the best of the the MDFCs, so I can't really see cutting red, but I do want to include blue somehow. Um, Yeah, anyway, that's a whole different
1: podcast, so... (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, and, and I, I ran into someone who's playing Oops All Spells Belcher. Like people are out there doing doing goofy crap. Oh so. yeah, uh,
2: as they should be. It would not be modern if you don't get randomness. If I don't mm-hmm. get any I get paired against like non-randomness in a modern. I get kind of upset. It's like this is not my modern. My modern is not <laughs> three Grixis Death Shadow, and two Dredge decks. Like what the <laughs> hell?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it happens from time to time. Sodek makes a, a tweet about. Uh, how great you know dredges, uh, and and with some results, you can bet all the dredge players are going to come back. Uh As I'm sure anyone who uh, loves through the breach, if there was a good through the breach result from someone, then they would all turn out of the woodwork all of a sudden. Oh yeah, just to try to recapture the old glory.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: As we're just all chasing nostalgia, Zach.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a clean it's a clean high. Um, <laughs> So you've been poking and pestering at me uh, as as we leave the topic of specifically control brewing and et cetera. Uh, you've been poking and pestering at me about this uh, esper mentor list. Always got to poke you. The eye and mind of Soren to uh, to maybe be turned on this and see if we have any useful input. Um, oh
2: yeah, I would actually love Soren's input. So I will take a quick break first, uh, and yeah. then kind of move on forward to. Back to Mentor, who I just cannot leave alone. Alright, welcome back everyone. And so as mentioned previously, uh, you know, one of the fun parts about Brewing is kind of being able to attack the Meta. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, Andrew talked about red, black, X, lurus, especially Grixis, Death Shadow, kind of everywhere right now. Uh, it is a nightmare matchup for a breach, you know, just like it's really bad. It is like occasionally I can steal one out if I, you know, if they're slightly stumbled and if I top deck a breach at exactly the right time, but more often than not, I just kind of get ravaged by Ragavan uh, and other nonsense. And so, you know, I'm getting pretty tired of this stuff and wanted to, you know, try something new. Uh, that's how can we brute attack the stupid Luris meta? I remember Sparring Spike mentioned that Unearth is one of the best cards against these Luris decks, which is like, okay, that's cool. Uh, Unearth, like my experience with Unearth is you know, the Grixis Breach or Esper Mentor or just like Mentor in general. Like Mentor and Unearth is one of my favorite pastimes. Uh, so I decided to kind of dig up an old list, uh, the Esper Mentor list. And then the initial, I started it's like, okay, uh, kind of pretty classic. The one thing my initial list didn't have was Urza's Saga. I excluded that, and then you know, for Araya's main. Uh, but after playing a little bit in the two-player queues, I realized that, you know, you need you need some kind of Plan C. Just like <laughs> I remember, and it kind of dawned on me. One of the weaknesses with this deck that Zach would mention too is if you don't find Mentor, like you are kind of <laughs> you're little, you're pretty like you're pretty much like a floppy fish. Uh, yeah, Brian.
0: Uh, so why is Unearth so good against these Lurist decks?
2: Uh, Because if your Lurotus deck Thought seizes you and if they see Esper Mentor and Unearth, uh, you know, like they have to take the Unearth, they can't take the Mentor and then, you know, just like, and when something does, you Unearth it. There's also, uh, like, Unearth, like you cast an Emery, they have to kill the Emery, then you Unearth the Emery and, you know, just like you're back at mana parity again and you've milled more cards, so just, it's a a good, very good recursion tool. uh, Which is, you know, very nice. So the first Uh, list uh, had no urza saga but i added those so the this is the second iteration of the list after a little bit of tweaking is 20 lands uh esper the mana base is atrocious but it's esper with four urza saga as you can imagine it's kind of garbage uh you know we need we need an esper try like three color decks in saga are so hard to do it's just Mm -hmm. like so hard especially but i mean you know just it's still needed and it's still worth it but i think and then four bubble i had three amber uh, I started off with four otherworldly gaze, three unearthed, and then uh, I had a few Urza's saga targets like Aether Spellbomb, Python Needle, Drum, Shadow Spear. I had four Arayo in the initial list, four Mentor, four Emery, one Laris, four Ending, four Appeal, and an EE. You know, kind of nice removal, nice suite. Uh, the, upon first, I took this out. I went 3-2 in my first league, and the lessons I really learned uh, saga was good, and saga was actually very good. Uh, Araio, I love Araio, but like, Araio is not a game one card. It's just like, yeah, I flipped it on turn two against Crixus when they went turn one just like tapped them, tapped myer or I was like, okay, sick, you know, flipped my Araio. They didn't like, you know, they just killed me anyways. They just threw a bobble into it, like dashed a Ragavan. It was just, <laughs> it was ugly, man. It was ugly. Uh, and then there's a lot of decks that don't really care about it. So I moved uh, the Arayo to the sideboard. I replaced them with Jacevern's Prodigy. Uh, you know just I like I like the card a lot in these kind of shells the other thing that was interesting is that Otherworldly Gaze was really really good. And I think in one of the first times I was play testing it. I had an, an Earth in my hands uh, and I go turn one gaze uh, And then I mill a Lurus and an Arayo and then put a Mox Ember on top and then turn two uh, I draw I unearth the Luris, play the Mox Amber, recast the Orio, then cast a bobble and flip it. And it was like it was such a nasty play. I was sweet. like Sweet. Yeah, I was like, wow, like sweet. Pretty pretty impressed by this card. And sometime one time it was relevant that the flashback was the fourth I could pay the two men that was the fourth spell I cast in a turn to flip Luris or to flip Araya. <laughs> so I was pretty impressed by that, but uh you know, I moved the Arayos to the sideboard and I thought, okay, you know, maybe a little bit more grind. I replaced the um, uh, uh, the otherworldly gazes with Esper Sentinel, you know, kinda of iterate, see what happens. My second league was two three. Um, it kind of you know, Jason actually felt amazing. Uh, s Esper Sentinel interestingly didn't feel so great. It was I don't know, I've like never been impressed with Esper Sentinel all the shells I put it in. Even when I tried, you know, Smashing White in Underworld Breach just for Esper for Sentinel. It seems like it'd be so good in theory, but it's just always kind of lackluster. I don't, I don't quite like. Sometimes it draws a card, other times it just dies. The tempo didn't seem to be as advantageous as I thought it was, uh, which is you know pretty interesting. Uh, so I want to do a third league with this. Oh, I do need to mention <laughs> this deck has a big weakness to fury. Like it is, it is wild how bad fury is. Just like you know, like mentor you know make two tokens pass they just fury your board and you're just like back at stuff it's it's so so bad you know like fury like hit your mentor hit your emery and like now you just have two 1-1 prowess creatures it's just so brutal <laughs> game this is one game i was playing against like this red prison deck and gay uh, game one they crushed me uh, game two like I thought sees them I see their hand is like three furies It's just like god damn it like this is this is gonna be rough I did manage to take that game, but they got mana screwed uh, so, you know, once again, we plug, <laughs> we plug the Luris, uh hole left in our ship, and then we get hit by Fury. Uh, but I think for the next time I take this out, I'm pretty happy with most of it. I want to swap the Aether Sentinels back for uh, otherworldly gazes. You know, I think, I think I lost a lot, and especially gaze plus unearth, you know, like you'd never really want to have unearth dead in your hand. And right now you're only real discard outlets or real ways to mill our Jace and Emery, and just having that otherworldly gaze too would be huge, especially since you can, once again, you mill it with an Emery, you can mill it again, or you can recast it. Uh, yeah, Brian?
0: How does uh, Spellskite work with Fury? Since you can target multiple things, you can redirect one of the instances of the targeting, right?
2: Yeah, that's... Yes,
1: this is correct.
0: Good. So oh, I,
2: I love having maybe. rules guru's deck guru on. It's so great
0: yeah so maybe yeah, so
1: it's it's the classic thing of like it, it's like uh, redirecting indomitable creativity once it's put on the stack it has a locked in number of targets it must have that number of targets and right. since they're on quote one line one ability um, they you can't choose the same thing twice so right. just like when you're using fury right you, you can put four on one creature or three in one or two one one or one 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 one. Um and it has to be that number of targets once you choose that number of targets. Spellskite can only be targeted mm. once. Spell so, and you can't redistribute the damage.
2: That's a great suggestion, though. I I need to. I, I always forget about Spellskite. I need to add more of my decks. It seems so good, especially with Unearth and Emery and Luris and all those sorts of things. Yeah, but so, I
0: mean, Foe Tutor, yeah.
2: yeah. So, Soren, what are your thoughts on a deck like this? Have you played decks of this style? And, you know, what, are your, what would be your general thoughts?
4: So I, I played one of your decks actually. That was a <laughs> it was an unearthed deck, and I think we were chatting about it. Um, this was a, like a year ago or something. Um, uh, my first thing, uh, you, my first question is, you were talking about a lot of times your Esper Sentinels just they just died. Uh, you didn't get really get any value out of that. How much of that? How much of a kind of hidden benefit do you think there may have been in? in acting like a lightning rod to keep a Jace or a Lurus or a Mentor alive later. I mean, do you think mm-hmm. that there was any benefit to just having a body that ate a Bolt or a push?
2: I don't really think so, because oftentimes I'd have a whole bunch of like Unearths in my hand, since it's kind of hard to get things in their graveyard. And Unearth the Esper Sentinel feels pretty underwhelming, you know, to be perfect. Mm-hmm. I had to mm-hmm. do it once, and it's just like, wow, one mana for one mana.
4: Okay. Um, the other thing I was thinking is the deck that um, you had built a long time ago. This may have even been when Uro was still legal. <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, but, um, oh
2: no! Don't tease me.
4: <laughs> I remember. Um, I, I think if you want to like up the raw power, um, Dark Confidant might be a better option.
3: Um, just mm. as a, it's
4: another body, uh, it it makes your unearth better in the long run. You know, I, I think it is scarier to unearth a. Confidant on turn four or five than it is to get a sentinel back, and minus the amber synergy, they may even be better than Jace. Um, that's that's kind hmm. of that's kind of a thought. Um, yeah, I'll I,
2: definitely I, I'll test them.
4: I I don't know. Um, I, I wonder if if Amber is, is maybe a little bit of a trap in this deck.
2: Um, Amber's I always don't. a trap. That's the secret to it. <laughs>
4: Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, I think I think confidence look really good here. Um, mm-hmm.
2: I like that suggestion.
4: Um, the other thing is, um, I'm kind of I'm kind of almost wondering about. I, I know that unearth is, is a big draw to this deck, um, but I'm almost wondering if I know that this is kind of where like a lot of deck building goes post image two. But what if what if we cut the black for red? Um, and then we were just able to have a higher threat density in, with things like ragavans, um, and and kind of maybe cut the Esper sentinels at and the unearth for ragavans. You still get to play Luris. Um, you can play some more interaction in, in terms of uh, that's a little bit flexible with things like maybe fire ice or <laughs> mm. um, uh, something along that direction.
2: Um, are you, are you suggesting that I cut the bad cards and add good cards, Torrin? Is that where we're at right now?
4: Uh, you know, it, it might be, might be. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think there's a lot of options. I think this list is... Uh, one of the cool things about these lists is that they're so flexible. Um,
3: mm-hmm. But uh,
4: yeah, it's kind of... You, you do have a lot of options. But yeah, I think I would I would test out Dark Confidant. Um, mm-hmm.
3: I, I think Gaze, yeah, I like that suggestion. Is, gaze is
4: interesting. Um, one thing with Gaze, if you are playing Gaze's, uh, you could, you could play one or two uh, Murktide Regents as yeah. a, a different kind of top end that's not vulnerable to Fury.
2: Yeah, I actually I thought about this. Uh, I think I think talking to chatting with you briefly on the Discord it kind of inspired me because I Tassigur too. Some of these old lists played mm. Tassigur, which mm-hmm. is like nice because it's just one black for a four five. And Tassigur is actually really good right now, which is the funny. I mean, it does kind of die to unholy heat, uh, but otherwise it avoids ending and avoids push and avoids bolt.
4: Mm-hmm. And and it may actually even be bigger than Murktide. I mean, you aren't playing a ton of instants and sorceries. Uh, well, Gaze, Gaze it, will help with that, but it it um you know I, yeah, I, I mean you're not gonna be you're not gonna be playing eight eights. You're gonna be yeah playing, yeah you know four fours and six Five fives. Yeah, yeah yeah
2: makes sense. Yeah I like I like maybe I'll run one Murktide one i am going uh, split the difference. One Murktide one Tassigern. Just see which one I like more. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. Uh, Tasender also
4: uh, gives you gives you mock mana. So, yeah, uh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know. I was kind of thinking that that that's pretty hot. Not gonna lie.
0: I I wasn't gonna ask about cutting black. I was gonna ask about cutting white. And this is just because, um, you know. So we have monastery mentor, and then we got um, the the black monastery mentor that I'm. I
2: know what you're talking um, about. None central-ish. of these work because they're not artifact focused. They're uh, all instant or sorceries.
0: Ooh, yeah both okay. of them the the well, new blue one that's yeah i was gonna get to the blue one i don't remember yeah. what the blue one does specifically uh, so
2: in case you were curious i keep a very close eye on these sorts of cards and i can unfortunately I assure ask. you that they both require instant or sorceries which is okay I mean, at least the sedge which sedge which lets you like trigger with storm etc yeah but the other yeah. one poppet stitcher i think i was actually like holy shit can we do it and then i looked i'm mm. like no i don't 'Cause one of the big draws of these lists is Emery. That like Emery like yeah. Emry recast, bobble, like repeal that. The other thing too is repeal is so good in these lists, I don't think that I would, you know, play a mentor list without repeal at this point. Because the turns where you can, you know, if you play mentor, make a token and pass is totally different from play mentor, make two tokens and then still have one or two spells to cast the next turn. Like, Mm -hmm. it's night and day. Like, Mentor is really vulnerable, so you really need to be able to, like, maximize it to get the best value. And Repeal, just Repeal plus Mentor is just so good and just helps things out. The other thing I really like about Repeal and these lists is Repeal has great synergy with EE, where oftentimes you want to get it down early so you can get out your Emory, you can get those synergies, uh, but you still want to crack it later. And so Repeal your EE is a pretty common thing that I do a lot that I really
3: like. Mm
0: -hmm. So then, I guess my follow-up question is, uh why not go and this is what Soren basically said although I again I'm still not looking at cutting black I'm looking at cutting well I guess you can't cut white because you're priced into mentor so but you know what Darcy if, seems like fantastic here you get yeah scries and yeah so what Darcy, if you what if you uh,
4: what if you're not priced into mentor you cut white and you get you instead replace it with grist grist um and that could open up some other mm. green options for you, but that's an unearthed target, funny mm-hmm. enough. Um, it, it does flood the board. Um, it, I like I think it comes down on uh, four loyalty or three loyalty and goes up to four. So it's it's maybe you know it's, it's upping the toughness um, for being maybe slightly fury resistant. Um,
2: does it have an ultimate? Let's check. It does. Yeah. Put yeah. your cards in your graveyard. Okay, so that probably wouldn't be too high. Um,
4: but but with if you replace the sentinels with gazes, um, other worldly mm-hmm. gazes. I mean, maybe you're able to you know have a little bit more of a critical mass. Um, and I'm trying to think of what other green options you get that are interesting. That's not just Tarmogoyf, but. I um,
2: Goyf is great in these sorts of things. I do I do love me a good Goyf.
4: Gorce yeah. does I think would get really big. Um so Light yeah.
2: Think... Life from the Lom is also kind of interesting, especially with gaze and then getting back your sagas.
4: Mm hmm. Um yeah, you could even go deep and play a uh, pulse of Marasa.
2: Oh or man. That's... Wither
1: bloom command anybody?
2: I oh, mean... no. know. Uh now we're now we're at the point we're at the stage in Bring where we're cutting the bad cards for the bad cards.
1: Yeah. Well Wither Bloom Command I feel like uh is, like, at least it's flexible. Whereas, well, like, I feel like Life of the Loom is, is very one-dimensional. I mean, it's definitely powerful when you're playing Saga, but it's, like, really slow. Yeah, yeah. Witherbloom Command, especially if we're seeing a lot of, like, GDS-style decks, could be good,
0: too, because, um, you know, you, well, I guess you're not killing a creature with that mode, so maybe not. Uh, But but being well, able the, to the minus hit three, like, minus
1: one in the early game theoretically can kill stuff, but then you're sure. not picking up a Saga at that Yeah, aspect, I was... So it's, like...
0: I was thinking about the yeah, ability that, that, to just I'm nuke actually, a permanent. like
1: I I don't really believe in that card but I've seen a number of people <laughs> in in saltire green black decks use it rather than um, loam because it does offer some flexibility and at least for the cost is like giving you some some good stuff whereas like loam is just incredibly do not. Yeah yeah and I time.
2: I agree. So I've I've put loam in a lot of decks and I've never really been happy with loam in my <laughs> deck. As much you know, in paper this looks so good, and then in practice it's like, wow, this is slow and garbage.
4: Another uh, maybe not so great card when you're only on twenty lands and four of them are sagas is uh, it could be ice Fan Quaddle. Um mm. Get get some draw late game. Turn your unearth into uh, another Gentrips. card back, and
3: uh, yeah,
4: cool. it, it might that's maybe a tough tough ask, but. Um,
0: if you're looking to put more bad cards.
4: <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, I, three like those pips just seem a little bit too intensive for Saga, unfortunately.
0: Uh, I was going to say, we could go even deeper. If you're starting to play a Death Toucher, can I interest you in like a 2-mana 1-3 that gives all of your Death Touch creatures uh, the Infect. ability to... Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah. and it's a Legend, so hey, I there's was gonna your Mox say, Amber mana. It
2: does enable Mox Amber. I don't Arm. I don't know, Brian. <laughs> I think I think we've started to go a little bit too deep for me, not going to lie.
0: You know I'm a bad influence.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, this is... Yeah, I mean, I think I want to work on the Esper version first a little bit and see if I can at least salvage this. But I do. I think the green splash sounds pretty interesting. You know, I th- my one fear with the... If we cut the black for red is, you know, now we're just like a strange Saga... Like, strange uh, Saga Man just Guy mentor deck, which has been done before. And, like, I've run into lists very similar to that in the queues. And, you know, they're like cool when they work but oftentimes they're pretty clunky like at that point (laughs) if you go Jeskai and add like ragavan and darcy in iteration like now you don't need mox amber now you don't need saga you don't need bad cards anymore because you're just playing all good cards half the reason i put saga (laughs) in my decks is because i fill them with bad cards and saga is great at subsidizing your bad cards but if you don't have bad cards they don't need to be subsidized
0: you've got me
4: inspired i I think i i think i might try a full type version of this
2: nice yeah yeah i yeah. love it and yeah it's you know man it's these kind of decks they're very cool they're very fun and you know just man just repeal repeal amber and mentor is so good it's just like you just watch your board go boom 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 especially how, how magic online puts all the triggers on the stack as you just like start going more nuts and more nuts <laughs> it's just like it's like damn like nice
0: well okay so if we're gonna go into salt High, uh maybe it is worth considering the sedgemore witch um because you can play something like weather the storm you know like even a single copy uh although you would need a way to recur it out of the graveyard if you're milling it you know to it, like if emery is a faux tutor maybe you run some number of snapcaster mages and well, well, that gets you a little bit higher. oh yeah jace can cast it there you go but getting like five or six triggers off of a, a Sedgmore Witch from, from Storm Count is just so sweet.
2: Like, yeah, I mean, if you're yeah. on Sedgmore which, then, which it kind of prices you into playing Fluster Storms, your disruption in the main, which is totally, you know, I think it's a great call. But, you know, just kind of like those two go hand-in-hand together because you want to, if you're going to play a card like that, you need to maximize its upside, similar to how sure. we're playing Mentor. So, we you know, we got to play Repeal. It's a medium mm-hmm. card, but like with Mentor, it's great. And, the, you know, the, the turn play of, you know, like turn three... Uh, you play Sedgmore Witch. Maybe you play an artifact, and then they bolt it, and then you flush the storm it. Like now, now you're well ahead, and you know that's the ceiling that you really need. Well, and like even this, if
0: you don't, they paid three life to be able to bolt it, right? Like they bolted themselves because it has ward three, or uh, not? Ward yeah. three, ward pay three life.
2: But it's like hard. To, the problem, the issue with like the ward on that card is that it's hard to be in a, put it in an aggressive deck where you can take advantage of that is the sure. big issue. Like sure, yeah. they paid three life, but if you're not pressuring their life total, they don't care.
0: That makes sense. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: But yeah i like this yeah definitely keep me up updated on the celta if it looks really cool I'll definitely you know i'm i enjoy breach actually i took it to um, uh, the our store lgs our store champs i went 3-1 for 11th place it was i think i would have made top 8 but they did a really weird structure where they're trying to do something new so they only did four rounds the and they had
1: <laughs> four rounds
2: with 15 yeah so like it would have i was 2-1 uh, i lost i was 2-0 i beat murktide and then i beat uh four color yorian pile and then round three i was faced against dredge and like it was actually pretty cool like they had a they had their deck box open and they had like a bunch of like rhino tokens facing me and i was like you know this seems way too easy like i'm just not gonna <laughs> i'm not gonna mull like that you know i'm just gonna play my game like if it's a hand i'm keeping it uh and then you know they open turn one uh mana confluence uh otherworldly gaze i was like all right so i'm like oh so i'm like that's a nice that's a nice fake out you got over there talked about it a little bit uh, both games were super close. I they top decked the perfects, uh, and then I game one when I was one turn away. Game two, I punted with my sequencing, but then I got punished because they top decked the perfect with an empty hand and hit their last um uh, creeping chill. So that was pretty brutal, but it happens. But then the really stupid thing about this is what happened was there were nine or there were eight three os at the end of the um uh, round three, and they all just id'd in the top eight. <laughs> it's like the this is the dumbest thing. It's just like what? Like this is so anticlimactic. Uh, so I then I I wound up taking round three I again. I forget against what deck, but I, I think maybe I think it was Hammer Time, uh, and I crushed them pretty good. Uh, and yeah, so that was unfortunate. I didn't make. I was eleventh, uh, which is still fun and is solid. And you know the deck is great. It's still one I'm gonna play on paper, uh, but and you know it's gonna definitely gonna be my main deck for a while. But I do wanna branch into other things. Uh, you know it's been it's been fun with Breach, but I like. I'm a sucker for mentor and repeal, and I want to. I want to get back into that. And also, Araya is the roots. Araya first trophy, my first trophy for the podcast, inspired. Whoop, whoop. Uh, so, Araya will always have a place in my heart, even if it doesn't always have a place in my main deck.
1: <laughs> well, and I, I played an Araya brew fairly recently with uh, Kinnon and Hullbreaker Horror, and uh, and flipping Araya in early games that won me a bunch of games. Oh and, yeah, and it's... all the all the other versions I've tried since then without Araya, like haven't had that that magical early win yeah button. i mean maybe, uh, I, I was actually like i i was doubting how it was going to be in the metagame right now but i was really surprised it was uh it was very good
2: yeah maybe you just gotta cheese. it you know the other thing too i still want to come back to like a blue green kinon repeal Arayo version you know maybe that one just needs like four spell skites, because you know like you flip a into a spell skite and like now you're really just doing well
1: Right, because even if they can punch through to try to deal with it, you can just redirect most mm-hmm. things, like Brazen yeah. Borrowers and et cetera. Food yeah. for thought.
2: That'll be my yeah. other my other project. It, but it
1: Definitely still a bit tricky post-board against things like um, uh, Force of Vigor.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the nice thing is about Force of Vigor, though is at least it's fortunate to have two instants if they want to use it for free on your turn.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Or have another instance. So, yeah, so that's... That's my food for thought, but I'm kind of back in the Mentor, back in the Araya space. you still playing Breach, still loving Breach. Uh, not loving getting crushed by Grixis Loris. But this is this is the modern we live in. Hmm. I also, deck Zach, I don't know, so you got to play this deck.
1: I know, I know, I know. You gave me actual cash money, so yes. I, I clearly, clearly have to... Uh, go play the play this to its' best and i, I will of course do nice, so. nice nice yeah i'm excited uh, i'll give you i'm excited for it it looks good it looks good yeah
2: I'll definitely i think we want gazes over the sentinels and i'll probably mess around with some couple other things uh but yeah i'm very you know i'm very curious about your take I, on this it's always i'm
1: pretty sure I want to play main Rayo over Jace yeah, Prodigy. yeah that's fair I, can I, I can't it. imagine jasprint's prodigy being something i want in a main deck right now it's i mean that's i res- so goofy
2: i respect that as i i i it overperformed for me I was pretty surprised uh you know just being able to right. It flips really easily, and then you know, just like flashback, repeal, repeal the thing did to do, do, or especially with the mentor, it's just it was it was really good. But I can <laughs> I can understand the skepticism, and you know, once again, my sample size is small—one league.
1: Right. Well, it's like with Goryo's Vengeance, I have uh, a little bit more belief mm. in that card. But uh.
2: <laughs> fair, fair.
0: All right. Well, Zach, I think you know what time it is.
1: Oh, I think it's time. For a little bit of Bumps and Dumps, baby! Woo! All right. So. Soren's never uh, gotten to see that happen before. I hope it lived up to everything that... Uh, <laughs> and more. That it could be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, of course, we, we 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 all can bump our wonderful guest here, Soren, who... Uh, 100%. A wonderful member of uh, all sorts of different communities online right now, including Serum Visions, Faithless Brewing. And uh as a special thanks to you for um uh back when I was playing a lot of Velomacus in challenges, I'd always be seeing you running side by side, uh, on, on a lot of the same mornings, um and the same days, and we'd be chatting back and forth in the Faithless Brewing uh, uh Discord. It was one of my one of my worst moments is any time I'd get paired into you because you always seem to, to walk away with the wind there. But um, <laughs> on all your various versions of Breach and, and whatever it was. But it was, it was great to have like a compatriot in the trenches during that era. Um, Cause we were like some of the only faithless brewers who would consistently go into the challenge.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I, to be fair, I think the last time we met in the queues, you crushed me with uh, affinity. Was it? Oh, I don't. I mean, I've just played so much stuff uh, when I'm not <laughs> playing challenges. You know, when I'm playing challenges, it's almost always some kind of creativity deck right now.
2: I mean, you're a master. You got you got to work it.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I had I had not touched the list in many, many, many days, weeks, possibly when I went yesterday and and started out the challenge 4-0. So it's like it's just nice to come home and be like, oh yeah, yeah, everything's exactly where I left it.
2: You know, still got it as. As um, uh, I heard this on Receivables podcast, and I love this saying that like Zach, you showed the cards who shuffled who.
1: <laughs> That's really funny. Um, so, and I, 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 uh, I don't, I don't have a lot of dumps for anything other than uh, maybe uh, climate change, with the uh, power outage yesterday being due to uh, some pretty crazy storm action that. Uh, doesn't normally happen in December. We usually get um, some hurricane tail end storms in the summer. That'll be pretty crazy, but uh, I, I don't think I've ever seen one happen in the winter before. It was kooky.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's wild. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal the spotlight. I'm gonna also got a bump bumps to Soren. Uh, you know, for joining us, a lot of a lot of fun. Soren's been super active in like Faithless Brewing in our Discord, and you know, great player, great brewer. Just been wonderful to get to have you on. Uh, you know, just like talk some stuff with you. Uh, big bumps to Pensier, or for getting second in the showcase with Merktide. Uh, Pensier, just uh, I guess I've seen him in, like the mostly in the midweek metagame Discord. Uh, but he's been really you know like, wanting to improve and taking it seriously. And you know I've been chatting with him a lot. And you know sometimes in the queues and afterwards he'll be like, hey, you know like like what could I have done better? Just like when I did this play, just like very you know just very good person, very actively wanting and trying to get better. A very kind person. And, you know, just excited to see them. I think they top the challenge like, a few weeks ago, and now they're taking the showcase. All on Blu-Red Merktide, playing it for a while. So huge bumps to them. Uh, bumps to movies, kind of on... Uh, Zach mentioning climate change. Uh, I'm going to go see the movie Don't Look Up at 4 p.m. today. It is... Uh, I am so hyped for it. It is... It Just look up the trailer. It's amazing. It look, looks incredible. A lot of people... Uh, it's a movie that's like an allegory for climate change. A lot of the reviewers are saying it's kind of like... How Doctor Strange was for like the Cold War and thermonuclear war, uh, this movie is for climate change, which I'm so you know like dark political satire. Mm, Sign me up! So I'm so excited for that. Um, and then definitely also Bumps to the Gathering. Uh, when I was at the show, uh, when I was at the local game store at the the championships. Uh, when my round three or my round four opponent was on green tron and they were like they seemed like super you know super chill dude like they a tree and i was like oh i feel bad for you and then they're like turn one tower expedition map i'm like now nah, nah, i'm scared of you i don't feel bad for you now nah, i'm scared of you because like you know uh, you, you fear i um, the mon pl- the tron player that mul- keeps a seven or you fear the tron player that molts a tree yep. and uh they were, and so, like, you know, I wound up taking the match, but they were super cool, super awesome. And so I invited them to join our uh, Wednesday magic. We have a Wednesday just, like, very casual magic group, uh, paper magic group. You know, everyone fully vaxxed and boosted. I invited them to join. They showed up on Wednesday, and, you know, it was great. They were, you know, great person, as suspected, just had really good times, and great bring up the group. And, you know, just the community in magic is often, like, you know, sometimes it's not great, and there are definitely bad parts of it. But just, you know, getting people together, like for this podcast and everything, it's just people are passionate about it. And it's just very, you know, like that I can go to my local game store. I can meet a cool opponent and be like, hey, you know, like come join our weekly magic group. And, you know, they take the jump and they show up and like everyone has a great time. And it's just, you know, it's a really wonderful part of the community. So it was super cool. I've invited a fair amount of people to come join, but, you know, they, none of them have. He was the first one to come uh, and like actually show up. And, you know, it's very, very exciting and very fun. Uh, just, you know, the community that uh, we all really enjoy. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, uh, no dumps. Like I Dumps to the Omicron variant, because uh, that kind of sucks. But otherwise, you know, everything's very good.
0: I'm going to slide in and, and steal the spotlight next. Uh, I'm going to give a big bumps to um, just this general time of year. Uh, it's it's like, I feel like leading up to around Thanksgiving in the U.S. and uh, whatnot, there's kind of a mad rush. I've been super busy at work. Uh, you know, we just had a lot coming up. And... I feel like you hit after Thanksgiving, and there's still a little bit of tension. And then sometime around mid-December, everything just kind of like all the tension falls away. (laughs) People are going on vacation. It's like expected that not a lot's going to get done. Yes. And that's just it's super nice. Uh, My in-laws just showed up. They they drove across the country. Um, They arrived yesterday and are going to be staying with us for about a month, um, which means that I have fun child care. Uh, which means that I get to actually like play magic during the daytime and uh, Hell yes. Yeah. Have like fun time during the day, which is great. Um, One of the, let's stream, let's stream some
2: leagues together in discord.
0: Hell yeah. I would be so in Um, that's, that's one of the biggest things that I've noticed about uh, becoming a parent is like, because my sleep schedule is so bad. I play magic so, so, so much better in the middle of the day like 6 p.m. <laughs> hits and my brain just turns off. And yep. and it's like, it's so hit or miss. I'll go to a, an FNM one week and I feel like everything's functioning. I am good to go. I've got focus. I'll do well the next week. I feel like it, it doesn't matter what deck you give me. I will just absolutely biff it. My opponent could be playing <laughs> 60 lands and somehow I still lose so uh yeah i'm just really excited to have some some relaxing time and like not just a week of it or a day or here you know here or there where i have like other stuff to do but like a real mm-hmm. good chunk of time to relax so
2: nice that's and, exciting
0: yeah uh and of course big uh big bumps to soren just like uh you guys said um you know it, it's been really great to get to meet all of these various community members people that we've had on here um you know, our uh, discord has been growing and uh, Soren, you've been around since all, you know pretty much the beginning. Um, and it's been it's been great to have you. Uh, I think you have a lot of good insights on stuff. So, uh, yeah, thanks for swinging by and sharing your thoughts with us. And um, no dumps for me also. Just uh, just excited to be here. Excited to be here.
4: All right, I guess I'll, I'll go next. Uh, again, big uh, big bumps to all three of you guys for having me on. Um, it's been been a lot of fun. Um, uh, definitely very appreciative of the, the invitation. Um, and uh, bumps to being married. I just got married uh, over the Thanksgiving break. Uh, congratulations. That's that super cool. exciting. So, yeah, bumps to, to uh, now I get to save my wife. Um, that's pretty <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> um not uh not fiance or
3: you know, mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm.
4: Um and um yeah, bumps to, to to Magic. It's uh it's been been a lot of fun to be playing again. Um I just got a new job that's uh has a very flexible work schedule, so I'm
3: nice. able to
4: start, go to midweek events um i get to work from home so i get a you know if i want to play a play a match on my lunch break i get a
3: mm-hmm.
2: squeeze,
4: squeeze one nice. in um definitely so, so that's that's all been been pretty good um i will uh for dumps i will echo zach say uh dumps the climate change we've had some pretty really bad flooding in our county uh the last mm. couple of weeks it's uh been been no fun but um uh, hit, got hit with a heat wave uh, early in the summer. Flooding <laughs> in the flooding in the winter's uh, been a rough one. But um, oh, geez. Yeah. So but yeah, as, as part of my new job, um, I'm actually uh, uh, working on some wildfire mitigation projects in in the Cascades. Um, Heck yeah! Uh, oh, so cool. That's, that's going to be really
0: cool. I'm I'm really looking forward to that. So um, that's awesome. Sending that down yeah, to California. Yeah. We need that. Uh, cascades <laughs> yeah, we're, are
2: beautiful.
0: Yeah, yeah,
4: uh yeah. Uh, bump, bumps the cascades and um, <laughs> uh it's always fun to hear uh listen to a uh, face brewing and 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 hear um some of Damon's adventures. And yep, yep, I'm, yep. I'm not I'm not as adventurous and uh but uh you know definitely know some of the, the areas he he talks about. Uh, my mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my uh, trips are my hiking trips are maybe a couple hours uh rather mm-hmm. than a couple weeks or uh, going going real out there so but um yeah very very nice area and like to keep it uh healthy and intact for uh for the future so
2: for sure um,
4: yeah so that's uh again thank you guys so much for having me on it's it's been 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 a blast yeah thank, thank you. you for
2: coming on it's been a lot of fun
1: yeah all right we're yeah. r- rambling yeah uh, opinions and conversations and questions yeah it's a little,
2: a little unstructured but that's okay you know it was it was a good episode
1: yeah oh yeah
0: awesome well uh have a good one everybody
2: yeah oh. take care everybody
0: uh actually an oh. important note i think um are we we're skipping the next episode right because it is oh, we're yeah. yep, yep. be recording right over christmas so we're going to take a little break So you will not hear uh, from us again for four weeks after this one. But uh, we will be back uh, with, you know, something wild in four weeks. Definitely. And a new year. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Wow. Time goes past. New
0: year, new brews, baby. Have happy holidays, everybody.
3: Yeah.
1: Bye-bye. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening to episode 32 of the Serum Visions Podcast. If you like what we do and you want to get in touch with us, you can find us at twittercom serumvisionsmtg. Email us at serumvisionspod at gmail.com or join us on Discord from the link in the episode description of your podcast player or at serumvisions.podbean.com.